0: This episode of the
1: co Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the sixth of March, two thousand and eighteen.
2: Hello, everyone. Glorious. Hello. Glorious. Hello. Glorious Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi.
1: Hi. Jesse, yeah. I have to compliment you on your perfect lighting. Incredible. Well,
2: thank you. I didn't do any of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do yeah. <it>. I'm not <laughs>
1: actually sure what happened there.
2: I'm no, so I curious. Have no clue. I'm fine with it. This, You know, these other two, same office. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, Literally me. disgusting. Yeah. Just you, gross. You know,
3: maybe this is like the universe balancing shit out. And yesterday when you were really furious, you just like slammed a few keys. And it just like, it just did something beautiful to make up for all of the frustration you were feeling.
2: <laughs> look, yeah. Nope. Not a fan of being frustrated. I am love it can't get enough of it nope not me don't want any more of it
1: (laughs) I could do without it certainly Yeah, we've had enough of that in life we get enough of it in games
3: Jesse's been uh, he's been grinding on, on the streams lately he's been doing great streaming pretty much every day and it's been really fun to watch and yesterday he just about killed somebody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What were you playing? Escalated quickly. What happened? Command
3: and conquer red alert. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: god. Oh. Uh, red Alert 3 in particular, when halfway through the game it gets ten times harder for no reason and the AI is yeah. fucking Yeah, Exactly hopeless.
2: what he was saying. Yeah. It, it there's a bit of a doesn't jump. Necessarily make it necessarily makes sense. It the Russian campaign, very, very fun, very silly. It literally is Tim Curry, Tim Currying to the nth degree. And Peter Sturmer, Sturmer, however you say, it, the guy who plays every Russian ever in everything. Okay. It, like, it is really silly. The villains are like J.K. Simmons and George Takai, and you're just like, I, I've never had more fun in a game.
1: Oh, and it everyone, gets sillier. I mean, the expansion pack has Ric Flair, I believe, as the main is it character. really? Yeah. Oh, it wow. is straight up just ridiculous. Then
2: everyone in chat I was like, I guess I should do the Americans, the ally campaign now. They're like, no, no, you got to do Japan. It's hilarious. No, was
1: like, that was Okay. Dumb. Because, that I mean, that means you skipped the medium difficulty part of the game and went straight oh, yeah. to the hardest one.
2: Uh, well, I didn't know. I was like, whatever. So Japan starts out, and you're like, oh, hell yeah. Badass, like, katana-wielding George Takai, like, talking shit. And you're like, this is going to be great. The first four or so maps are just silly. <sighs> one of them, you literally get no units but a giant, unkillable robot, and you just destroy a city. And it's like, well, this is really entertaining immediately after that you were assigned to a mission where you have to protect pearl harbor uh yeah pearl harbor uh because it's a japanese historical landmark in this reality and um you have to protect it from the invasion fleet of the americans mm-hmm. and i was like okay this is kind of goofy i like this literally all rules went out the window at this point the american forces had no power plants yet somehow could constantly produce stuff they eventually had no money still producing things oh yeah uh, my cheating my ai man my at my cuz the way the game plays is there's a co-op function and so you can play with someone else or you can play with the computer. And the co-op function that I had literally my player the computer player up until this point every computer player has been amazing. This player literally if you at the end of the game they give you a chart that shows you on this graph of where like you are versus the AI. At some point I can't even explain it. It exists on the vod, look it up. The the AI player like starts shooting up and is doing really, really good and then stops long before she comes under attack by the enemy, stops and there's an immediate drop-off. It's like the AI turned off or something like just immediate drop-off, stops producing, stops doing anything, stops earning money, stops doing like it broke, like it broke. And so now it's me versus a multi-wave fleet and I can't do anything, but they can't kill me. And so all I'm doing is slowly grinding and wearing them down, it became so frustrating. And then what they would do is they would just like create these ships that freeze all your units. And so literally, if I made ground forces, they would freeze them. If I got ships up in the air to fight them, they'd send 50,000 jets and destroy. And I was just like, I can't win. So I restarted, <laughs> I restarted and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have this AI, I'm gonna start from the beginning. I'm gonna build a shoreline defense to protect this AI because I know that the allies are gonna go for her first. So I set up this huge defense, did this whole thing. She kept all of her units back at her base, did not attack. And I was like, okay, attack. And I sent her out to go attack. And then the minute she killed one thing, everything would come back to base. And I was like, what? So then same thing, allies come down, start attacking her. I'm like, go defend your base. Apparently the one time she's not at her base is the one time they attack. So I'm like, defend, she comes back and defends. I look over five minutes later, the allies are attacking again. She's not at her base. They destroyed her base, so now I have no ally again. Literally, on the graph,
1: you drop would off. honestly think that at least an AI would be capable enough to provide you with something useful, and it wouldn't be a worse experience than getting a random guy online who That's is going I'm AFK saying. every five minutes. Because his it mother made, was it shouting It made no for him. sense.
2: It was, so fr- it was hours, hours of time just wasted trying to figure out a way to beat this level. Eventually I did because I just cheesed it like hardcore cheese where I made one of my units units like cloak as another one of theirs and sat them in their base and just launched uh, suicide bombers at them over and over and over again until they were dead. And I was like, I- I'm done with this. Next level, you have to defend a floating fortress. Exact same type of mission. Exact same AI character. Exact same problem happened god and i lost it i was so i was I, so mad wow. you had no facts. clue i was raging at chat i was pissed off people were like one guy was like no dude you're doing it so wrong you got to get your guys put them in a the boat sneak them in the thing they're engineers they can take over the bases i was like oh my god you're so fucking right i'm so dumb of course engineers they can take over i get the guys in the boat take them out to the base engineers can't deploy in water they have to be in water and start moving and i was like this plan doesn't work none of these plans work nothing works it was so fucking frustrating i was out i was so at one point i literally just got up and walked away for like five minutes i was just (laughs) not in a good place
1: i I think there's there's a lot of nostalgia attached to old rts campaigns but more often than not there were missions in those fucking games that made you want to just fucking strangle the nearest person you could find
4: honestly any of the any of the missions in the old command of conquer games where you just had the commando oh, i was like that. i d- i was like this is not why i'm playing an rts game it's like you gotta no. go through and sneak by all these towers and nod and but you can't you get make hit it once one mistake,
1: dead. yeah you restart the whole fucking level mm-hmm. i remember playing those levels on fucking sega saturn where you couldn't save mid-mission Yep. So you'd have to go. You have to do the whole thing again if you fucked yep. up even once. Oh, it, the uh, the AI constantly cheats. Mm. I, I really want to see you do the expansion challenges because they are even fucking worse in terms I... of cheating AI. I, I just hated the fact that for some why why out of nowhere do did they create forced co-op in Red Alert three. Like it's like I either you've got to play with a person or you play with our useless AI that may or may not work. But that means we also give the other dude another person as well. So if for any reason your AI decides to not do what you want it to do... It's 1v2. Then yeah. it's 1v2. Yeah, exactly. It's a and and, the craze, ridiculous. and this, this goes back to the mechanics of it as well.
2: When, it play, when you're Russia and you play against Japan or the Allies... One of the strategies I kept using over and over again was like, okay, I sneak in the back, destroy all of their refineries and destroy all of their uh, power sources and they can't do anything. And then I just wipe them out. And I was like, what a kick-ass strategy. It works every time. When you play as Japan, the allies literally, it doesn't matter. That is giving them they, infinite money. They have infinite money, infinite power. You can destroy all their power things and they still are producing stuff. You can destroy all the refineries. They have all this money. Like you're breaking the rules of your own game. I yeah, can't yeah. win. Oh, I hate that shit. It makes me so mad. It makes me so. Oh, CNC mad.
1: broke its rules all the fucking time. Like Oof. there's plenty of those games where it's like, oh, they. I'm fairly sure he's not mining from anywhere. I'm fairly sure I know everything that's on this map, and I'm pretty sure you are not getting any money. And yet, and yet, I see your mechs, and I do right. not know from whence they came. It's not. It. It's always been that way with RTS. Yeah. RTS in general has bad AI, so it cheats to hide that fact. Even mm-hmm. StarCraft 2, mm-hmm. especially StarCraft 2. You mm-hmm. you crank that up to it literally has settings called cheating. Because that's the only way that you could possibly be challenged by it, is if the AI actually cheated. Yeah, but that, I'll tell you this it's... though. I miss a good RTS campaign. I was tempted to reinstall right. CNC3 right after watching you play a bit of Red Alert 3. It's like, wow. Yeah, CNC 3 was actually fucking great, wasn't it? And Kane's Wrath was arguably Kane's Wrath better. is super good. Yeah. So good. And I just want a proper oh, yeah. campaign-based RTS. You know, br- with bring some cheesy actors back. How hard can that right. be? I mean, we saw I, what uh, Tex Murphy did. You remember, you know, they brought the FMV oh, game back. You know, and I, they barely spent any money to do it.
2: I love that shit. That's why I, I never played Red Alert 3. So I was like, I, I'm i in. Let's try it. I remember watching the intro video where literally it's like, yeah, okay, the plot of this one is Tim Curry time travels back and changes reality by killing Einstein. I was yeah, like, fuck it. I'm in. This yeah. is the best thing I've ever seen. It, <laughs> it genuinely is in the active parts, super entertaining. Everyone there knows they're playing it as like goofy as possible. Oh, it's maximum cheese. It's perfect. Yeah, but it's fun. And up the only parts that suck are when the game itself is like, okay, we're broken now. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like literally one of the levels as Japan is you're in a giant mech that has three. It's like three legs and three samurai, like torso bodies. And you go around destroying a city. I'm like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've ever been a part of. This (laughs) is great. That shit's amazing. Yeah. When the rest of it's like, "Eh, fuck it. You're just going to get cheesed over. I hate that. It drives me so crazy. I just want to have fun. That's all. I don't need to be like, I struggled for 12 hours and finally beat it. I'd go play Dark Souls if that's what I wanted to do. I just want to go see, like, really stupid. I want to see Kelly Hugh and fucking uh, George Sky, like, talk shit on America. And J.K. Simmons talk about how he's going to, like, every time he gets mad, he increases the alert level. (laughs) Remember when that was a thing? The alert level. Fuck, it's so good. You you
1: you know I'm what insane. a company like EA would say though. It's like, oh well these days with YouTube, like people could just watch all the cutscenes on YouTube. So there'd be no point in us making this campaign with... No, Boo. that's that that is a bullshit, bullshit yeah. argument. Like you know, if you make that game right, people are gonna want to play the campaign and then watch the cutscenes. You know, because generally speaking, they um they fill you know, they go into each other really, really well. You know, they flow into each other, particularly if you've well scripted the mission. And I I remember even though the cutscenes in um, Generals were terrible, the way they did the Generals Challenge where every different general had a different personality and they were all fucking crazy. Like there was the guy who was obsessed with poison, uh, Dr. Thrax, <laughs> and his, his accent was fucking phenomenal. And every time you ever did anything to him, he'd complain about it in the context of poison, F- which is a highly specific context. And yet yeah. they managed to pull that off. Uh, it it's so much fun just to play through a campaign like that and get your really funny cutscene and then get your level which directly follows up from that part of the story etc etc it doesn't matter that you can watch it on youtube it's still fun to play through we haven't seen a rts i think with with uh, since grey goo you know grey goo was the last one i think where they really the did the whole cutscene thing And they did, they played it straight, you know, which I don't think was the way to go with that. You know, you needed the comedy value there.
2: Well, I mean, if you're going to play it straight, you need to go over, like, over the top, like crazy shit that like, oh my God, that was really cool. I feel like the idea of an RTS game where it's like, we have to stop this thing from happening because it's very important to the net. It's like, fuck, I don't, if it's like, the, the sentinel beasts are coming and there's 85 of them and you must build a force to defeat them. And they're literally like world stomping monsters. That shit's awesome. I want more of that.
4: I, I feel like the Tiberium stuff was all the first one where it's like super duper serious. And yeah. like the, I felt like a, a lot of the whole like Kane thing w- took itself very seriously and there wasn't a whole lot of comedy there. And then Red Alert happened and it was like, oh, OK, it's goofy. This is
1: comedy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it goofed up a little bit later on, but they still kept it like they kept the B movie feel, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but it still had it's because Kane was such a well acted character and such a cheesy villain, but a really awesome one to listen to. And he was, you know, just the performance was really good. You could get over that. And it's like this is goofy and silly, but also kind of cool. So we can yep. still do our fucking parachuting Soviet attack bear thing in Red Alert 3 and, you know, ha- have the two things. Not conflict with each other directly. One's hammy, or one's completely off the rails. Yeah, and I, it, it, I, do miss, I miss either of those. Honestly, I, I really would love to play a campaign that was of that quality. Um, I think the closest was probably yeah. Homeworld, um, the latest Homeworld, uh, Deserts of Carrick. It was short, but the campaign was of that kind of quality. You know, where you got a good story. And you had to play through the whole thing in order to to finish the whole thing, and it, it felt compelling to go through there just to find out what the story was. Of course, you know, no re- real replayability there, but it was satisfying in terms of the campaign. And we don't see, we just don't see games like that anymore. And you s- look at how popular a game with no story whatsoever is in that genre. They are billions. There's no, you know, it's that's all about making your own story and mm-hmm. usually losing and dying horribly. You know, it's the good old war Fortress effect. But in terms of anyone trying to tell you a story through RDS these days, nope.
2: I'm I'm super curious about They Are Billions, the effects of streamers on that game. Because watching huge, really good streamers play that game, I think sold a lot of people on the fact that like, oh, I can do that. And then they just got brutalized. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, I don't like
1: this. But I'm curious, I, I would love to know, the, what it's, that- it's got to be in my opinion it's significant like right. uh, I, I think it's like the the difficulty with the replayability with the every map is different every time kind of thing is appealing to stream viewers um and anything that's hard enough to sort of create this desperation sort of situation in a streamer i think is entertaining to watch right so i mean i personally don't enjoy watching they are billions i think it's you know it's too slow you know there's a couple of moments of absolute panic sometimes but then you know there's obviously quite a lot of downtime as well i mean hell you could I even guess that you can pause the game in real time game. for fuck's sake yeah, yeah. i mean it yeah. does it does yeah. make it a good stream game you're right because the streamer has room to actually talk mm-hmm. uh, and
3: every every streamer like gets into the pattern of building their base differently yeah, yeah. i think that's that's what's interesting to me is watching how different streamers tackle like the start
1: yes i think there's there's probably quite a bit of that in the popularity of slay the spire on streams as well yeah because mm. uh, i think everyone could play that game but everybody plays it slightly differently and they've been putting a lot of effort into making those runs very different on a daily basis mm. so it's decent enough to watch I don't. I don't think it's as entertaining as say Hearthstone to watch, but some people seem to really dig it. I think it's mostly down to sitting down and backseat gaming the whole thing, though. That's why We're I play the spire. Yeah, I, I think it's, I have no intention of ever streaming into the breach on that very basis because I have a feeling the backseat gaming would be astronomically bad.
4: Yeah,
3: it's. It's rough, yeah. I I would say though that with um,
2: I, w- I would say that, that was with, a very uh, very dodgy way of putting like oh yeah it happens with it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough,
3: but um with Slay the Spire, for me it's the same kind of a feeling, not identical obviously, but the, it's the same kind of a feeling that I get from watching Binding of Isaac, where like it, once they get to like the third zone, you start to see whether or not they've they've focused on a build and like tried to really like create that deck. Um, And I think that's, that's the really entertaining part of watching Slate the Spire for me is like once they actually have lots of these, you know, little trinkets, and they've got all their cards and they're like, all right, yes, I'm the guy who can have over a hundred block each turn right and you're like how the fuck it's great yeah because they've cut,
1: they, they've cheesed the shit out of it yeah and it, it's when you love it when a plan comes together kind of situation mm-hmm. or oh, when it falls apart completely that's really entertaining to watch oh, yeah. yeah it's oh, like oh gosh. yeah i'm totally set up for this it's going to be absolutely fantastic and then it just falls to pieces in one when, encounter
3: when somebody does like the trade at the beginning to trade out their um i keep calling them trinkets i can't remember what the game calls them but uh, at the beginning, typically one of the deals you can make with the giant whale is to, like, swap out your starting trinket. And the starting trinket, specifically for um, the bashy guy, is is a pretty good trinket. It, like, gives you extra health at the end of every combat. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so it's hilarious sometimes when you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to oh. go for it. I'm going to swap <laughs> no, out.
1: don't do and it. You-
3: <laughs> yeah, and you swap out it, it's just like one of the most useless things in the world. And you're like, all right, well, this is how we're starting and off we're this trick. We're sticking running, with <laughs> it.
1: We're sticking with it instead of just Relics. restarting the Thank whole you, thing Char. again. Yeah. Yeah. That that game uh, has been d- developing really nicely. Like the fact that they're adding they like adding cards on a it. weekly basis, different modes. They've got that daily run now. That's, yeah, I've
3: been I've been doing those. they <laughs> I haven't
1: dumb. played anywhere near as much as I want to of Slay the Spire mostly because I, I would love for it to be on tablets. And mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that for some reason doesn't want to play nice with, uh, moon, uh, with Moonlight, the streaming thing. I've been playing most of Into the Breach on iPad right. using that, and it controls perfectly. I think but- Into
3: the Breach is so perfectly set up to work on mobile too. Oh,
1: that, if that doesn't come to mobile, they would be losing their fucking minds. They would yeah. be crazy. I mean, yeah. sl- Slay the Spire absolutely should as well. Um, there's no doubt about that, uh, but it's mm. Into the Breach is uh, a hell of a mobile game, as well as a PC game. I want to talk about Into the Breach. Shall we do that?
2: Sure. Yeah. Let's go for it. Let's yeah, do have it. We done, like,
1: have we even done introductions? I mean, did really, the, the notorious That's PIMP, all the introduction I need. Yeah. It doesn't really need I any introduction. I am not okay
2: with this. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. Hi, everyone. Co-Optional Podcast. Jesse, Dodger, TB. I don't know where he's on the screen. Octo is here. here. Hi, Octo. It's really hey, fun. what's see Nice up? to you be games? here. Hi. On the Internet, nobody
1: knows that you're a dog. That's true. That's yep. true. Okay, now In we're the done. Bridge. Let's Video talk games. about games. Yeah, we, we, we preambled for about half an hour on Red Alert 3 for no reason, and then just meandered between streaming games <laughs> a little bit. Let's <laughs> sell on to Into the Bridge. Who's played it? Uh,
3: yeah, I have. Yeah. Um... End of the Breach is a uh, it's a tactics game made by the people who made FTL.
1: Yep. Um, oh, I didn't know
4: they made it. It was the FTL people. Yeah. Yep, it's cool.
3: one of it's one of those tactics games where it's a a static board. So you don't have to like move around. You never have to worry that you're not seeing something. It's just all right there. Um and the way that it's set up is like you take out teams of mechs. So there are preset teams of mechs, and you can unlock more and more and more of them as you go. Um, the starting one is just kind of like the the basic boys, but they're still great. And uh, and there's like this interesting time travel element, story-wise, that sort of explains or or becomes the basic and the basis and the framework for why you might replay it because a playthrough is actually. Very short, it seems like. It seems uh, like you could it, beat this game in two or
1: three hours. It, it, it could be if you weren't the person paralyzed by your decisions every single time you <laughs> took a turn. But, yeah, I mean, th- you could blaze through this even faster than that. It, if you're actually a decisive person, you could get through this game probably uh, running under an hour is not unfeasible, I think. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah it's so to- fast? It's totally doable, but you'll you will see a vast difference in the speed that people play because there's a very odd thing about this game, and it's something that I haven't seen in many tactics games, and that's that they give you beyond perfect information. Not just perfect information, you you literally can see the future. You're told (laughs) exactly what your enemies are going to do, and you have to stop or interfere with that action now with the actions of your mechs. So you technically, like, they place their moves and they set their moves, and then you get to do yours, and then everything resolves. But if you do yours and, of course, destroy all of the enemy before they're able to do anything, then they won't be able to execute whatever that move is. But the fact that the game actually flat out tells you and gives you full information as to, this is where he's shooting, this is how much damage it's going to do. Mm. This is absolutely going to happen unless you in some way interfere with it. Hmm. It turns it into a, it's less of a tactics game, more of a puzzle game at that point.
3: It's kind of a puzzle game. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was, that's how I was feeling yesterday.
1: Yeah, Hmm. just because of the, that amount of information you've got, you know, if you think about like, like Fire Emblem or you think about XCOM, it that you're, got, you're given a lot of information, but not all of it. You know, there's RNG. Sure. You don't know exactly where an enemy's going to shoot. He might decide on a different target, or that kind of thing. In this game, like there's there's no hidden variables. Everything is like laid open to you. You know exactly what's going to happen. So if it mm-hmm. goes wrong, it's entirely your fault. <laughs> that's
4: that's actually interesting because in Advance Wars. Uh, there are some missions where if you move your troops in a certain way, the AI will always have the same response. Yeah, it's not programmed. In, it's just like there's certain ways you can manipulate the AI to do exactly what you want and just recreate the situation every time. It's the way you would get like S ranks on a lot of missions is basically by just doing Cheasing the same it. thing. Yeah, yeah, cheesing it. Yeah, I love but, that game
1: though. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was gonna say I, I also kind of enjoy that the the game the <laughs> when you fail when it game over's on you
0: mm-hmm.
3: um it because of like this this time element to it it's like well that means that this universe wasn't meant to work out so you got to go to another one and try again yeah it's like the much. concept um which is kind of cool like they they don't give you this feeling of of like, oh God, I super fucked up. When you die, they just kind of encourage you like, all right, you weren't able to save this world, but you can save the next one. And you're which, like-
1: Which makes me feel like, well, what the I fuck will. is the point in any of it then? <laughs> it's like, if if it's if they're this irrelevant, if there's so many different realities, then why the fuck are you going through saving them all anyway? But it's, it, it, it's an interesting way to kind of make the whole contrivance work and just mm. say, right, well, you know, you can- Take one pilot with you to continue. You could if you've unlocked a different team, you can start with them and you mm. can bring along that one veteran pilot and then give it another yeah, shot. There and, might be
3: time pods that land and if you can uh yeah, protect them us. or pick them up, uh they might have people from a different time period in them. Yeah, Ooh. and you can get a pilot and then out you of that use or them a to weapon or whatever. Your
1: that's yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's. there's so it. much going on with it because of the way that uh, the unlock system works that, I you know, the, the game's like absolutely at its weakest at the start where they give you the straight up basic mech, you know, there's a tank, there's a punchy dude and there's an artillery piece. And there's your most boring setup. I am playing around with a setup that has a laser that goes through things that has a little science drone that can pull people in with a big electromagnet and it can also lay down shields, and a, a tank that rams things. It's a ramming tank. It's a it's mm. a tank that rams. So Does it ram, though? It rams. It very much rams. A lot of ramming okay. going on with she rams, it. She rams. She rams. Got it. indeed. She, and she is fantastic for what she does. <laughs> uh, so I I put the best pilot I could immediately into that. upgraded its HP and it's like, you're going to go ram things and that's going to be your job. Um, And there's, there's so much positioning in this game because you're actually on a really small map. Like relative to most tactics games, your map is tiny. So you have a limited choice of where you can go. But that also means just shoving an enemy one square to the right might be enough to stop them doing anything that turn. So positioning and movement gets really, really important and really complicated really fast. Right. It is hella fun when it all comes together, though. But I admit, I get some serious analysis paralysis during that game. Like, well, <laughs> I'll be looking at the situation, I'm like, is this the optimal way to do it? And what's going to happen next turn? And thinking um, through, it's, you know, should I be... Can I kill everything this turn? Is that possible? Right. You know, but am I also maybe going to injure my mech too much? Because maybe my mech can only take one more hit. So am I taking a risk here? It So I end up sitting there for like an hour just on one turn.
3: You it's... definitely should not stream this game. No,
1: I should <laughs> not.
3: Because, I will absolutely because here's, not. Here's what happens. Because I also will sit there for a while and be like, okay... How do I make sure that I don't lose any energy this turn? I need yeah. to make sure that nobody's hitting an energy. Like, no, if yeah, yeah, you should be doing the run damage, perfectly, if I right? Can block it with yeah. my body. I will. Yeah, you know, and say that I feel really good about it, and I lock it in. Like, okay, they're not hitting anything that can't be repaired. This is great. I still have all of my objectives like in line, right?
1: Everything's good. And then,
3: and then say, you select it, and then somebody says. There was a much more optimal way to do that.
1: Yep. <laughs> you just
3: want to fucking kill somebody. <laughs>
1: that, is, that is my fear. That is my fear. Other than the fact that I know Excuse that yourself. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I'm going to be sitting there for 45 minutes on one turn, boring the shit out of everybody that's watching. The backseating, <laughs> because as we said, you have more than perfect information. Mm. The backseating, it's not just about necessarily- a, a, your decision they're probably right and that's the worst thing about it
3: oh totally i i know that i don't have the sort of brain that's gonna like beautiful mind a game like this right where i'm just like i see it So when somebody's in their Brunette- fucking mind Man-head. palace watching my <laughs> stream and they're like man basically the equivalent of you miss lethal I just like I know, okay? I get it. I'm not as good as you.
4: <laughs> my in my my mind palace for this game would just be a, like a crude children's crayon drawing of a robot smashing another <laughs> robot.
1: Which is fair. Yeah. There are yeah, th- that, that's, that's the nice my about train about of thought. there are so <laughs> many different teams in this game to unlock. Some of them are just like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like bash the living shit out of everything you see with gay abandon. That's, That's what I want to do. I want. I want that one. <laughs> there are se- there are several teams that would uh, fulfill that. I think. Yeah. I
3: it is fashion. very. It is very FTLy in that. Um, like in FTL, every ship you have to get used to. Yeah, yeah. plays
1: really yep. differently. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, in this game, every group of mechs is so different. The first mech team that I bought, I was like, "What the." F- what fuck, fuck is, this is that?
1: Shit? Yeah, it's like this is so a combination hard. of weird shit that makes no sense. But then yeah. you realize, well, that's what makes it entertaining. The nice thing about it versus FTL is that in FTL, you unlock that ship and then you proceed to get fucked 10 games in a row by RNG and not learn a goddamn thing before you get the weapon drops or equipment that you actually need to make that thing really sing. So, there is I, a
3: little bit of RNG. Well, there's a decent amount of RNG in this game. Like you don't when it know comes to what all you're going to pick up. You don't know um, what the regions on the map are going to give you. You know.
1: Yeah, th- there is definitely a little bit of it. You know, the, the acquisition of gear, in particular, I found to be a bit frustrating initially. I remember when I first, you know, finished an island and they let me buy stuff. It's like. Great, that's what I was waiting for. It's all mm. fucking useless or whatever. So I just walked away with a couple <laughs> of power reactors because that's the only thing I could get. Because the, cause yeah, the, gu- the I... guns seem like side grades. Like, from what I can tell, a lot of the weapons are very side grady mm. and confuse the shit out of the playstyle of the thing you're already playing. Like, I swapped out the guy's, like... Power fist or whatever for a rocket fist. I'm like, okay, that sounds really cool. I could shoot that. But it also fires you backwards as well. So okay. suddenly my mech is flying backwards into buildings and destroying shit that I'm supposed to be protecting. I'm like, why the fuck did I swap this out? This this isn't an upgrade. This is just giving me more chances to make mistakes.
3: Yeah, the first time that uh, that I finished an island and I was able to buy stuff, I bought a bunch of passives and didn't realize that I would need to, like, charge the passes. Yeah, you
1: have to equip them and, and had only power. been given
3: one opportunity to have a reactor core. So I was like, oh, I can't use any of, any of these. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's cool. I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, there's, de- there's definitely a bit of that to it. Uh, but I, I feel like the game is definitely designed in such a way that you can beat every run with the default loadout that your team comes with. Mm. It definitely seems that way. Sure. As long as you haven't taken too much power grid damage throughout the run, I think every run seems beatable. And the the game specifically says that it scales the island depending on how long your run's been. So they're deliberately trying to keep the difficulty constant throughout the run and not actually right. ramp it up until like the last fight. So um,
3: your your pilots also level up. Yes, like, the they longer do. that they live, they'll gain like little bonuses which are can be really useful
1: yeah like plus so. two power for instance you know yeah that uh, would be awesome i got one with hp so I, I he's the guy i keep bringing the problem is that his uh his first perk was like plus xp on kill and now is it max so i don't really want it i almost want to abandon him in the time stream so i can get somebody else but he's maxed out oh come on i probably shouldn't do that
3: uh i picked he up a lady so in a pod who uh had a passive ability where whatever mech she was piloting she gave a shield to That's and nice. uh and then she immediately leveled up to have extra health and i was like
1: you're yes. my tank now
3: <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> okay. that sounds strong i'm gonna yes. add an agreement yes. she was yes. a buff
3: girl mm, but then mm, like mm. something one shot her because she got hit with acid and acid makes you take extra damage and i was <sighs> I'm really upset. Classic. That's yeah.
2: Fucking yep.
1: classic. Acid'll do it too. Yeah, acid. that'll that'll hit acid. you. You know, yeah, watch you out.
2: out. Acid comes at you fast.
1: Yeah. pimp is acid an expert at this. If you hadn't already figured it out. Yes, I am. An expert. I, he's, he's, acid. Acid. Uh, yes. And into the breach. He's just. Really, he's been, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Really here's been what you're gonna want to do. his knowledge. Uh,
4: get those robots. Uh, load them up with those uh, good old pilots. Send them into the breach. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. Bada-boom, that's the winning I've, strategy.
3: I've yeah. seen your t-shirt that's covered in anime girls who are getting acid thrown on their face, right? That's what they Yeah, uh, yeah that's why well, there's- the It's acid on their face, right? Yeah, that's why they, they look like the that! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah oh. That's why yeah. the eyes are rolling
1: back, yeah. I, I mean. see, I see,
3: uh-huh. I see, I see, I uh-huh. see. Is this,
1: what, this is fucking prank invasion? What the shit? <laughs> yeah, anyway, Into the Breach is pretty great. And it's amusing that it's marketed entirely on the back of the fact that it was made by the guys who made FTL. Like it's literally in their banner. Like the most prominent thing in their banner is not even the name of the game. It's by the guys that made FTL. <laughs> like yep. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Wait, is that really a tagline for it? Yeah. <laughs> go, go look <laughs> at the banner for the game. Like it's mostly that's what it says. Wait, let me see. Let me look it up. Um and to be fair, that's the best way to market it. Honestly, like it's not nothing sure. like FTL as a game, but there's there's a couple of little elements in there that was like, yeah, I can I can see the DNA of that. I can see why that decision was made. But it's you know, it's a much FTL's great, but this is just a really smart strategy game. And it's got a ton of replayability. Cool. So I'm a I'm big into it. That's it's like it's been my favorite game that I've played in a good long time. It's yeah. pretty great. So mm-hmm. worth a shot, nice. I think.
3: Have any of you guys played Dungreed?
1: I have not. I heard dungreed? some good things like, about dungarees? it I, I, I watched not... people.
4: some people play it. Someone, were, yeah, I'm, I was just curious
3: it. if anybody had played it. I haven't touched it yet.
1: D- um, How do you even
4: spell that?
3: D-U-N-greed. It's...
1: Yeah, like oh. d- Dungreed.
3: <laughs> yeah, that yeah. works too. Yeah, dung. <laughs> <laughs> he said poops.
1: <laughs> or something dung-reed. related or adjacent to it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> But it's like a side scroller dungeon crawler.
4: Yeah, it reminds me of a little more fleshed out Rogue Legacy, is mm. what from what I've seen. I've, I haven't really played. It looks like the gameplay is pretty similar. I haven't played it, but I have watched other people play it. But that's yeah. what strikes—that's what it strikes me as. Yeah, I'm watching
1: Sweet. other people play it too. It's—it's hmm? yeah, it's, yeah. I'm getting like uh, Rogue Legacy crossed with Enter the Gungeon here. It, yeah, Especially like definitely. look at the way the the uh, firearms work. I'm just looking at a piece of footage here, and uh, someone's using like a. Little repeating crossbow thing, and the way the reload works on that, it looks exactly like dungeon. Yeah, I do like Gungeon. Yeah,
2: looks nice, nice, whatever. I, Whew.
1: man. There's a I, lot of uh, dungeon crawling games, let me put it that way. Yeah, like there's a lot of things games. say
2: dungeon crawling and rogue, like, am just like, yeah, I it's can't... like you want to <laughs> unlock
1: some stuff, you want to unlock exhausted. hundreds <laughs> yeah. of possible items that you may never see in the run ever. Well, we have got five more roguelike games for you this week. Yeah, like, gameplay-wise... Definitely a bit of I, fatigue.
2: Like, the footage I'm seeing looks awesome. I love the graphic style. I love all sorts of stuff about it. But just, you know, all the additional elements of, like... Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where you just have to keep playing it over and over and over and over and over, and over again. I'm like, oh, I don't want to ever do that. Yeah. It's interesting
1: that I, I think if you don't do that these days you're going to be struggling to convince somebody on PC to buy in this in this genre in particular. You know, the kind of side right? ish genre or top-down or isometric genre. Uh, it's, uh, they're not really genres in of themselves, but, you know, these kind of Metroidvania-esque kind of games, if yeah. they don't have a roguey element to them now, it's a harder sell because you look at that roguey element yeah. and a lot of people see massive replayability. Yeah. And when it's yeah. done right... Like, when it's done, like, Dead Cells level good, when it's done Isaac level good, Gungeon level good. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. When it's done poorly, it's just a bunch of randomly generated bullshit that would have been way, way, way better executed had it actually had the hand of a real person behind it.
2: And I think that, and I think it sucks. that uh, This is, uh, oof, oof. I don't know how I'm going to say this. The influence of streamers
1: uh, No, say uh, it I know exactly what you're going to say Say it, it. Say, say it
2: The influence of streamers on games like this because of the whole I want someone to watch my game, I want someone to be interested in my game, I want someone to sell my game for me as a streamer yep. and not give away anything because it's a roguelite, different things can happen to someone else who buys it new like I feel like that incentivizes devs to create games that are roguelike that's literally a thing that they can have someone else play, get other people into, and not spoil anything for the average consumer. And I think that that negates just a normal Metroidvania-style game where you could literally just have a fun game and have it be that sort of like you're moving around the dungeon, open up shit, unlocking different things, and have a classic game. You can't do that anymore if you're relying on Twitch to sell people that game.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. There's no question that there's been, to some extent, with YouTube and Twitch, influence on the growth of this sort of weird subgenre that we've got, if you even want to call it that. Because, like, you can slap rogue on everything. I mean, you know, we've done rogue like racing games. Where you know, uh, Road Redemption is Road Rash with a rogue like element to it. What
2: the right. F- <laughs>
1: And no, it's good. It works. It, it makes just, sense. Conceptually,
4: get, I love it. It's yeah, just so crazy. You
1: get the sort of randomly generated missions and races. The tracks are changing every time and like your yeah. character developments and the different weapons that you get and upgrades you get are different every time. So it actually works. You know, there's a reason to put it there because it's giving you that replayability. But when it comes to that that unexpected nature that uh, Jesse's talking about, that, yeah, you, can, you could show this to a person... And it makes them want to buy it instead of just sitting there watching you. You know, Because mm-hmm, right. the thing about the people that, for some reason, watch Northern Lions 100, 200, 300 part playthroughs of Isaac or Spire. You know, he's, uh, he's above 100 episodes of Spire already. How many people bought the game off the back of that and still play it while also watching his playthroughs? Probably quite a lot.
2: Yeah, you can do that and I think one it, but that goes back to the, to the idea of why we see so much of these games it's oh yeah definitely like, as a dev you're like oh well if I make a game where every time you play it's a little bit different then streamers can jump on this and then people can buy it as well and that's why you see such like an influx of them but it just becomes overwhelming after a while for games me games sell just like, themselves I, I don't have time to check out half of these
1: yeah I mean it, it's it comes down to I think the really successful ones are fun from the very start you know, And you're not bored because you think, oh, well, I've got to go do like five or six runs before this really gets going.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: good ones are good right from the beginning. So I think that those are the ones that do end up doing really, really well. Right. And you, I, I don't have a huge amount of time to play these kind of things either, but I play quite a lot of them. I think just because the good ones at the start are bombarding you with new shit. And that makes, even if you play them for a few hours and just a few hours you've had a highly different gameplay experiences in those few hours. And that to me feels pretty good. I feel, I I come away from a session like that feeling like I have had a really good time and I've used my time well.
3: Unlike games like Gungeon, am I right?
1: The Gungeon. (laughs) I'm
4: just waiting for Octo to be upset because he loves that game. (laughs) I really love Gungeon a lot.
1: I mean, Gungeon is good, but I think the complaint about it is that the start of Gungeon isn't that good. Like, if you I mean, don't get a good weapon kind of right out of the gate, it can be um, a bit tedious initially.
4: I I feel like that, yes, but at the same time, at least for me, I I tend to not use weapons at the beginning of a run anyway. I usually just use my sidearm just because it's best to You don't really need it early on in the game at, at, at a certain point. No,
2: you don't. Damn. Yeah. You just get good at the internet. I guess so. And he's Because, right. like,
1: yeah, it's so a pure—it's it's a skill-based game. Like you can—you yeah. can beat everything. You know, the first boss with, with like the your infinite. Arm. Yeah, but it's t- just—it takes longer. It's less fun. It's a yeah. game about collecting yeah. really cool guns and presumably then shooting them, not not shooting them.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, and eventually you get to that point where you know, uh, at one point, I got the Stinger, which is the rocket launcher that shoots the beehive, and then I got the the. Uh, rear The gun duct tape to your back Which also shoots the same gun behind yes. you uh-huh. So Damn. I was shooting two beehives In front of me and behind me That were just swarming the enemies with bees And I, I, I you cease to play at that point Everything just dies Because you're just killing them with bees <laughs> And so it's like You get those ridiculous combinations And that's what's fun Is like when you get that crazy stuff But I am totally on the same page as you When on the flip side You're like oh, great, I got, like, the unfinished gun and or the prototype yeah. gun and, like, the regular shotgun. And it's like, boy, this sure is an interesting game. Yeah, like, yeah okay, as you're great. just
1: slowly chipping away at the boss's health for the next 10 minutes Exactly. you didn't have yeah, a yeah, bigger yeah. gun. Yep. Yeah, for a game about having lots of different weird guns, it sure as hell likes to punish you for using the guns. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which I think is maybe the biggest problem with that game. Mm-hmm yeah um, it's, otherwise it's fantastic
4: yeah I, I i think a really good like roguelite that i i never really heard a lot of other people talk about at least maybe because i got into it later was dungeons of dreadmore i thought that game was super yeah. fun
1: I played that when it first came around, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's a traditional roguelike, you know, that's the oh, yeah. the game only moves when you do, yep. you take a turn, the enemy takes a turn, yep. concepts like fucking monster zoos and crazy shit um, where a randomly spawned room will be completely full of monsters.
4: Making your own class, I thought that was yep. cool, where you just get to select the skills that you want for your class, I thought that yep. was pretty neat.
1: Go, uh, the fucking Dreadmoor was fantastic, it was yeah. an absolutely awesome game. Mm-hmm. Well worth trying for anyone that hasn't. You know, it's yes. a great introduction to true roguelikes, you know, what they used to be. Um mm-hmm. it's a very accessible version of that. So it's well worth trying out. And it's funny. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, about, oh, it's super funny. It's about a dollar or something like it goes on sale very often. So yeah. Yeah, grab it. Uh, it's
4: it's got an X pack too, which adds a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um the the other good one that I would say in that genre is sort of the stars the pit. That is uh, f- a sci-fi sci-fi one, you know, again, where the game only moves when you do and it's turn-based. Mm. That's really, really good. That's very accessible.
3: Interesting. But
1: Ooh, you're right. Nice. You know, adding Rogue on to pretty much everything is a way to go at the moment. Yeah, it just yeah. is an immediate like, oof, okay, I
2: probably don't have the time in my life to play this now. It is interesting <laughs> that
1: it puts you off, but I can see why it would.
2: Mm. Yeah, it especially in a game, you know, that it looked awesome. It looks cool and I'm like, "Oh, that looks fun." But the idea that it, it not only do I have to learn to play, I also have to learn to start differently every time and learn yes. to adapt. And so, it's just about hours put into it. Like yeah, everyone yeah. can do that. It's just that I'm like, I don't know that I have the time to do that plus play other games, plus learn about other shit and like it just seems like a lot of work. And I'm like, mm, or I could not
1: do that. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention that you're into games that have a narrative and rogue. Anything that has rogue-like stuff on it these days generally probably doesn't have much of a story going for it. Yeah.
2: If it's if it's co-op or you can play with friends, then I'm more into it because the story is what you and your friends. Yeah, make. of course, yeah. And so it's about working together and like, oh, we're having fun. Let's go kill this monster. And you're pushed forward in the narrative because your friends want to go do something, or you're caught up in the moment. Mm. But if you're just by yourself, I'm just like, Yeah. Eh. cool.
4: Did you did you ever play Dungeon of the Endless? Mm-mm. That game. That's I like did. I still I like what that, that game was like because that on, game was
3: like...
1: weird. If I recall correctly, it's kind of. It's got some odd elements to it.
4: Yeah. So it's sort of roguelike but also tower defense y. Um, I like tower defense. You Okay, Jesse, I really think you would like this game. And co op. Um, oh, yeah. This Yo. is one
3: where you're ascending. Yes. Oh, my God. This game is super fun. Yes. What is the
4: shit, bro? This... What is this called? Dungeon of, Dungeon the, endless. of, the, Dungeon endless. of the Endless. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah,
3: my God. Yeah. Sam and I played the shit out of this game.
4: It's fucking it first... fun. It's fucking fun. It's a really um, fun game. It's, it's a man. I'm going to throw a lot of terms here into the mix. If you'll forgive me, it's a co-op tower defense dungeon exploration. E roguelite.
2: Yeah. Um, Why not? What, it is. Yeah. Wait, what is the tower defense aspect of it? Are you building turrets and shit? Is that you sorta- bu- so you, when you, when you unlock a room, there's
4: nodes that you can put, Um, you can like put down defenses in that room. Mm. Um, and so like, uh, so you have to decide, you sort of have your, um, uh, you decide, like, do I want actual, like, damage or do I want, like, support nodes in here? Or do I want, because you as a character also fight the waves. So, like, you can be like, oh, I want, like, support nodes in here that'll heal. Or, like, I want just, like, direct damage ones that'll just do damage. Um, Mm. it's really cool. This, it's super duper fun. If you haven't played it, it's totally worth a try.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's really fun to play with people. I also, um, I tried doing a run just on my own and that's also very doable, but it's honestly not as fun, I don't think, because there are lots of, um, well, the game is kind of centered around (laughs) constantly having moments where you're like, fuck it, everybody run. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So yeah. when you're by yourself, those moments aren't as exciting.
4: <laughs> yeah, because you know you're fighting off the wave and you're like, shit, we gotta get out of here. We have to get out of here. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: It's so fun though. Man, yeah. I forgot that game existed. Yeah, I, and it's, it's I haven't even but... got around
1: to playing it, and I don't know why I never got around to playing it. Because I played everything I played everything else in the Endless series. Which yeah, nothing like that. Endless space
4: and um Endless Legends. Yeah. But
1: there's nothing like them. It's kinda of, it, it is in the same universe, weirdly. Mm, yes. Like the law actually ties together somehow. Mm-hmm.
4: Yep, because if you um if you own it and you play Endless Legend, you can play as like the vault dwellers or the people that the like built the dungeon there, yeah. in, in Endless Legend. Yeah. It's
1: bonkers. Yeah. It's weird and strange and a big genre masher. And I need to go around to playing it as well, actually. It's on iOS. It is on oh. tablet. I hope hopefully the movement system would be good and not Hey, we're gonna pretend we have an analogue stick on the screen. I despise any game that does that. <laughs> yeah. That is the worst. Please stop doing that forever. <laughs> it is terrible. God damn. Now I want to try this out. I've got I've got I still have to I've got way too much to do. Can't add this in here. Jesus.
3: I mean, or you could. You
1: could. I, mean, I, I could. That is <laughs> or true. Or you could though. Mate, what you, if I
2: did? You. What if I did? Peddlers.
4: Listen, I'm just not gonna tell him what to do. Rights. I'm just saying he could. Yeah, man. I I'm could not tell you what
2: to do, but if you want to be cool, yeah. Totally first one's free. New rogue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just try it out. Might give yeah, it a shot. First yeah. rogues free. <laughs> yeah. First Rogue is free, yeah. Mm. All right, let's take a break. And, of course, hear from our wonderful sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. I'll be hearing about why exactly you should use that particular service right now. And then we'll be back with more discussion on more video games. Wow. You are watching the Co-optional podcast. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever looked at a website and thought to yourself, Wow, that person really has their act together. This looks professionally done. Must have been put together by a design company for them. Wonder how much that cost them. Now, have you ever considered that person could in fact be a giant fraud? Yes, indeed. In today's world, it is possible to create a beautiful, professional-looking website without years of web design experience and without hiring an expensive design firm. That is, of course, exactly what they don't want you to know, these Charlatans representing their brands and ideas with these sharp, crisp looking designs that look great on any device. Oh, that must have taken a while to optimize for both my PC and my phone, you think to yourself. It didn't. They didn't do anything. That's because Squarespace looks great on practically any device. These people with the gall to spend their valuable time on their creations and not their websites. Oh, you don't believe me? Well... It takes some time to fully open one's mind to the reality that the internet is filled with those who'd rather let someone like Squarespace handle the heavy lifting when it comes to their website. You can take a look for yourself over at squarespace.com cooptional co-optional and get 10% off your first order and a free trial. See how easy it could have been this entire time. Choose from hundreds of beautifully designed templates for any product, service, and idea. Enter your content in just minutes and away you go. Oh, but they must have some expertise, I hear you say. What if something went wrong? Of course, they need some knowledge to fix it. Well, that's where they have you fooled once again. With Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 support, these people don't have to have the first clue about web design or server maintenance. If somehow you break something, Squarespace has people on hand to fix it and let you go about your business, whatever that may be. Blogs, storefronts, portfolios, galleries, and music libraries are all made possible without expertise or design experience, so you can spend your time where it matters your new line of meditation aids for dogs. If you can sell it, Squarespace can get you paid, accept payments from all over the world with Stripe, Apple Pay and PayPal support. You are now in possession of forbidden knowledge. All these incredible looking websites put together quickly and efficiently thanks to Squarespace, where what you see is what you get. You don't even have to faff around with domain names. Squarespace domains will get you the name you want and handle all the setup in a snap. It all sounds too good to be true. Well, it's not. It's merely a GRAND CONSPIRACY to make better looking and easier to build websites. If you'd like to be a part of that, then head over to squarespace.com co-optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. Be a part of the conspiracy and make it with Squarespace.
4: Yeah. Oh, I bought a, a Naruto-branded fidget spinner in Japan. <laughs> It's a shitty It is a shitty and it's. Check it out. But nope. th- there's also so many things right with it.
2: Octo, can <laughs> I ask you a question? Uh, you can. If I went to Japan, yeah, would you come and just show me around? I mean, to the best of my ability, to where you know to where. Wear- better than you. Look, I want to go to Japan, but not have yes. to learn anything. I don't want to
3: learn you should take both of the alexes yeah take take take... and you should take number one alex number one alex
2: they're like once every couple of months (laughs) to to guide me i also don't want to like learn japanese because i don't want to hear them say mean things about me um
4: (laughs) hey i got good news for you you can get around tokyo extremely easily without knowing any
2: japanese
1: fantastic
4: yes good cool
1: Yes, and apparently I've been mute this entire time. Thankfully, I've added nothing of any value to the show. (laughs) So it's not really a problem, actually. It's totally fine. Nope. (laughs) One has to assume that I would have been criticizing Octopimp's choice in everything anyway. So nothing new there.
3: Oh, man, (laughs) we missed out on that. But that never happened.
1: (laughs) That's never happened in my life. No, indeed. (laughs) Exclusive original content. What have you been up to, Octopimp? Because uh, let's be honest, Dragon Ball has been floating around the place, and I find it hard to believe that you wouldn't have invested quite a lot of time into that.
4: So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now: Uh-oh. I didn't want to like Dragon Ball. I didn't want to like this game. I didn't want to. Wow. Well, okay.
1: Ta- all right. Well, what? Wh- explain why first. I don't that's a weird attitude.
4: <laughs> I don't like versus fighters normally. So I don't. I, I refuse to play Skullgirls with multiple characters. I only played Skullgirls with one character. I have tradition. I cheated that game, I cheated that
2: game hard. <laughs> i Skullgirls played button mashing.
4: Yeah, I um because for me it's tough to learn combos for one for one character. Like I sit down and I have to learn combos for one character. And I, in versus games, I'm thinking I gotta learn combos for three characters, ah. and then I gotta learn how to use assists. Um, but uh, I sat down and the game is actually surprisingly easy to pick up uh it's it's one of those you know easy to play difficult to master kinds of games i think um and i really really ended up liking it a lot like there were there are literally clips on my stream of me like laughing and having a good time and then be like no i'm not having fun with this i hate this game well
3: uh, yeah i was i was so surprised uh, yesterday when we were talking about this game because I had seen you tweet multiple times being like, I mean, it's like, it's not that great because it's just Dragon Ball. Like, it's just like, Dragon Ball. Like it's who cares? Like just Dragon Ball. It's like, yeah. whatever. It's like every assist fighter. So like, I don't, I mean, it, I'll play it a little bit, but I'm not going to stick with it. And <laughs> as of last night, you were like, i
4: every time i play a game i just want to be playing dragon ball (laughs) well no okay i didn't say that yeah you did no i said i wanted to play more dragon okay listen all right let me let me get the record straight here so (laughs) too late late. god damn it all right so um first of all the game looks amazing it's Arc System Works and they did the, they gave it the guilty gear treatment where they, um, you know, did the the shading on the models. Those beautiful cell shades. Those beautiful cell shades. Um, And they used Unreal 4. Uh, Gear was done in Unreal 3. And um, this is done in Unreal 4. So they have the new engine. So everything looks really good. Um, The gameplay is fun. Uh, the problem is that it is an assist fighter, so sometimes you will get into those matches where you get hit once and then you don't get to play for, like, 14 seconds. Yeah, it's like,
1: right, well, I'm just gonna go and uh, get a drink now, and I'll come back when that juggle combo that you have somehow (laughs) mastered by watching 40 hours of YouTube has finished at some point.
4: Yeah, and I thought Tekken was bad with those kinds of like, you know, oh, you get launched into this insane into this long combo. But no, I mean, it's like it's an assist game, so it's doubly bad. Like you really, you know, you get touched once and if they have like meter, like forget it. Like you're you're going for a ride. Um, but it's really really fun. And honestly, um uh as frustrating as it can be, I think the the combos and everything in it are are really fun to do when you successfully pull them off and like when you get that cosmic brain moment where you get a read on your opponent and they're just like stuck in the corner for the entire match and then they get so mad that they rage quit on you uh you feel pretty good about yourself you're like
1: i'm (laughs) I'm a genius i'm this is is why fighting games can't fucking maintain their player base because of shit like that yeah it's it's true. who would want to stay playing in that scenario and what's funny about that you bring that up is it's
4: I mean, we can talk about the numbers. I mean, this game sold 2 million copies in 5 days. That is the most
1: successful PC fighter by several orders of magnitude. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes. Um, It is. is, um, Not only did it sell that many. Selling that many is pretty good for any game. 2 million in 5 days is pretty good. 2 million in 5 days for a fighting game? Like, to put that in perspective, Street Fighter V sold 1.5 million in a year.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's a bad comparison because that one did particularly poorly within its first year. You know, yes, it was was an incomplete game compared to like Street Fighter 4, I think, which came out really strong out of the gate.
2: Yes, that's true. But Um, even then the idea that people just wanted wanted. a good Dragon Ball game. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true.
4: That's true. Um, Uh, uh, the last
3: Dragon Ball Fighter we got was part of the Budokai series, right?
2: Or... Uh,
4: it was the one on DS, which actually Arc System Works did the sprite work for, I believe. Oh. Um, but you know what's funny about that? And I'm glad you brought up Street Fighter 4 because remember what was happening before Street Fighter 4 came out? That was like the dark Fighters time. Fighters were dead. Fighters yeah, were that, basically dead. Yeah. Yep. And, and Street Fighter 4 revived everything, it brought everything back. So that's an apt comparison. I think this is kind of, I mean, not that fighting games were dying before this, but we were kind of getting into a lull. And I'm really glad that uh, uh, everything's being, that it's being revitalized again. I mean, even just now there's, um, what is it? The Summit of Power. Um, It's the Summit series for uh, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. And um, they've done like, uh, Summit has done like Dota and and CS tournaments and things like that. Yeah. And so we're already getting, and it has a, what is a $10,000 prize pop bonus? Like Mm -hmm. that's, kind of insane like that we're already getting this early on into the games lifespan like tournaments like this and we're getting really huge turnouts for tournaments and locals and i think it's number one at ceo right now for signups like it's
2: i I was i was gonna ask about evo uh yeah (laughs) looking at all the different evo games i wonder if that's gonna be the one people care about the most
1: i want to see the stream numbers on that that'll be interesting
4: yeah um you know what's interesting is uh, people signing up for this and people interested in the game are from all different fighting games. So, you know we have people from we have people from Tekken, we have people from Guilty Gear, we have people from Street Fighter, you have people from Marvel, you have people from Smash. You know you have people who play melee getting into this game. This is the first fighting game I've seen that is pulled from all of the different communities and into one because like everybody all everybody likes Dragon Ball. So everybody wants to get into it. So yeah. Well, I'm sure it probably helps a lot so that
1: Marvel was terrible. So most of the people yeah. that were going to play yeah. Marvel just moved over to Dragon Ball instead.
4: Yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, what's funny is um, NBCI, as lukewarm as it was, was um, actually still getting entrance. Not a lot of people were watching it, but people were still coming to tournaments. So while... The casual scene might be dead. There were still people that were interested in playing it in a competitive setting. However, hmm. uh, it sort of had this doom and gloom over its head that you know, oh, Marvel is dead, uh, which I think was sort of a self fulfilling prophecy, and I think it sort of is just going to like eventually sort of fade away. Yeah. And it just might, do that. unless there's
1: a you know, the, there's a possibility of a big revival on something like that. You know, you you look at Street Fighter Five, and it did launch poorly it didn't launch as poorly as marvel did but yes it didn't do well and mm-hmm. you know a year on it's a much better game that's got a lot more hype behind it mm-hmm. yeah it's possible I don't, that you could see that with marvel but like
2: what would it take yeah that's don't, the question i, I don't like, what would they have to do up- to
1: marvel pretty huge roster update i think for one yeah,
2: uh man.
4: x-men Put the, if they, if like, I think the only way they could possibly, I think the only way to get people back into Marvel, um, would be well, make the UI more interesting. Uh, I mean that's like it, that game is so awful to look at. Like right. I hate looking at that game. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I mean I hate the animations in that game, but that's not really an issue they can fix at this point. Um, but I think the biggest thing they could do would be like next edition of Marvel coming out. And the big thing is like the X-Men are back. Like put put in Wolverine, put in Magneto, put in Storm, put in Sentinel, you know, put in all that stuff and be like, we're putting in all the X-Men. It's happening. Um, But just like, it, I, I think it's too far gone at this point. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen.
3: Do you guys feel like honestly the, the best thing to do would be to just not make another one for a long time? No, like, I don't think that give that's it, the case. I feel give like it the it, time to be able to come back is like, whoa, Marvel versus Capcom is back. I mean, that's a, why NBC3 did, nice.
2: did well. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like with this one though, it rather than wait and have people think about the fact that Marvel versus Capcom sucked, come out with something that recaptures what made the last one so much fun comparatively yeah. So that people can jump back in rather than because you want someone to play your shit, right? You don't want to just sit there and have people think like, man, this what a bummer this shit was. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of down the road coming out and being like, look what we got. But because it's such it, it isn't like, okay, we made a game that people loved and we're going to sit on like rest on our laurels for a while. It's, oh my God, what do we do with this? We made shit? a
1: game that people fucking hated, but it's still there and we still invested a bunch of money in it. We should probably try and revive it. I mean, that's what a, a, you're seeing a lot of companies doing this right now. You're seeing mm-hmm. Ubisoft doing a lot of it. We have, you know, three three games minimum where you've got uh, something like The Division, you've got Ghost Recon, you've got For Honor, and you've got Rainbow Six kind of as your four games. At least three out of four of those launched in states that were like, "This is a disaster," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and since then, they've the most obvious success is Rainbow Six, but mm-hmm. there's been a lot of effort to revive the division, and it is a lot better now. Apparently, mm-hmm. I don't speak from experience. I played, I went back and played a little bit of it, but I'm not far enough in the games to really notice the improvements. But that you know, they're talking about endgame stuff. They're talking about reasons to come back and play. They mm-hmm. made yeah. significant updates to Ghost Recon, a game, which again had a pretty lukewarm reception. Mm-hmm. Once you put that much money into a game, you can take advantage kind of as the always online games as a service model to make significant improvements and <coughs> to the point where the game is far, far better. Is Capcom going to do that? Or are they just gonna try and, you know, throw it out the window and give it another shot? At some other time. At, uh, I, I don't has know. Capcom I mean, ever done that before? Like, I don't know that Capcom's the company that does that. What, that just throw, throws it out the window and makes another one? No, I am no, I mean,
2: going back to it, like, let's oh, fix this. Oh, the thing. whole games and service carol. thing?
1: Well, yeah. yeah, they tend to release, you know, especially with fighting games, updated versions of that, which right. we've got past the point of them saying they would stop doing, and then they went and did it anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean
4: the way the way I look at it is this. So the games at Evo this year there is one of main games there's one Capcom game. One. Right. Damn. Capcom for a long time was the fighting game company,
2: yeah. right? But is it does this have to do with sponsorship? Like I don't know about Evo sometimes. Does it have to do with sponsorships well, or does that have to do with games yeah. people want- play well it is mostly politics it's mostly politics and
4: money for what gets in but here's the thing that is also an indicator that the only game that if it, it either way let's look at it from both sides you're so, right if,
2: if they didn't pay to play then no one would be yeah, playing it uh, so yeah.
4: not only not only so let's look at it from a fan perspective if it's games that fans want to play I didn't make it in SF 5 did if it's from games that they have to sponsor to make it into evo SF5 made it in, MVCI didn't. And MVCI isn't even on Capcom Pro Tour. They call it Capcom Pro Tour because they were expecting it to be multiple games. It's one game. Right. It's SF5. That, that it is well... pretty bad. Yeah, they may as well just call it the Street Fighter Pro Tour. Because if MVCI is not even going to be on the Pro Tour, they didn't even pay for it to be into Evo, what other fighting game do they have at this point? It's right. just SF5. Right. That's yeah. it.
1: And it, it does yeah. make me think they've got, they've got to make some effort to to bring mm-hmm. MVCI back, yep like they they can't just leave it yeah like that's that's just too much of an even if you could argue that they didn't spend as much money on this as they should have, that's still a lot of fucking money invested in a game that flopped from pretty much every possible perspective
4: <coughs> yeah it was it was bad it didn't sell well I mean what there were more people playing uh, there were more people playing skullgirls than MVCI like, at any given time. I think th- there's so many screenshots of, like, zero concurrent players yeah, on NBCI on no, it's not, yeah, yeah. like, It's bad. That's it's rough. real bad. I mean, it, and like I said, it might be... And, like, to be fair, I don't think the gameplay of that game is that bad. It's not my cup of tea, no. but I don't think it's, it's right. that bad. It, it It's just, like... It's this sort of like vicious cycle where everybody saw Schindler's face and they were like, "Oh my God, this is going to be the worst game ever. It looks so horrible." And then everybody, and then they fixed it, but by then the damage was already done. And and I feel like, okay, so so not to go on too much of a a rant, but like (laughs) the I I think that if you have a launch a poor launch for a game, but you fix it later, oh, that's a tall order. Like that's Mm -hmm. it's so hard to get that goodwill. It does
3: work sometimes. It does.
4: Yeah, Diablo or or um Final Fantasy 14 Siege. Yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy 14 also had the same thing. But like it you really have to put the time and and, and resources into it to fix and it. And no
2: matter what you're never going to capture what you could have had had you launched and nailed it at launch. Yes, Exactly. Fun. And never. but the double whammy of fighting games losing most of their audience
4: after a certain point. Oh my God. It's just, it's such a perfect storm of, of horribleness to like have a bad launch for a fighting game and then try and get that audience back later. Oh man. Good yeah. Well, because like, the core of a
2: fighting game isn't just the playing of the game. It's playing versus another human being. Yep. And if there's no one playing it, you're not going to log in to play it. No. And it's just watch it go down the drain. And that's just, yep. It's just, it's a perfect storm
4: of, of, of difficulty for them to recover from it. You know, like I mean, even Dragon Ball fighters, which sold incredibly well, has lost a large portion of its consistent user base because that's how it is. That's how fighting
1: games are. Yeah. That's how it is. Most people give up. And
4: yeah, that's just, that's just the, that's the facts, you know? And, and so to try and recover from a poor launch and poor, you know, uh, public opinion of that game and it being a fighting game. Oh man, it's I just don't see it happening. Tricky. I just really yeah. don't. Tricky. Yeah, yeah. But that's me. So, uh but Dragon Ball Fighters really good. Yeah, really, apparently. really good game. Um, I'm it's having to so play that it. instead. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's one of those games where, uh speaking as somebody who's not good at fighting games but enjoys them,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, it's one of those games where, uh, if you can't like perfectly nail a combo whatever you do is still going to look fucking cool. <laughs> Everything
2: looks cool. That's what's fun about watching it. Not yeah. That's I can't wait to see that Evo is like, it's fun to watch. It looks cool. Mm-hmm.
3: It is. And it's clear, right? It has clarity that Marvel versus Capcom did not have for me, where I would be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. When I'm watching <laughs> yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters, I can tell like, oh, shit, he assisted and brought this guy in and this guy did this. And then like, whoa, that looks so cool, right?
4: Yep. yep. Um, uh, and- there's yeah. a lot of clarity. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think one thing is that like I I know from playing that game that I am playing people who are maybe not familiar with this type of fighting game. Maybe they've played, you know, I'm I'm not trying to, you know, call any Communities out here, but maybe they did come from another competitive platformer game, uh, and they're not familiar with what game t- would that be? What game oh, would I, that be? Oh, PlayStation All Stars. Um, mm, so, oh, um, right, right, yeah, right, right. The titan so, of the industry. Yeah, exactly. We speak uh,
1: so, with venerated tones.
4: Yes, of course. You know, only the <laughs> most respect for PlayStation All Stars and Indeed. Parappa the Rapper, who is top tier in that game. Um, but uh, <laughs> so anyway. Um, you know, I will start doing these things and these setups that are extremely difficult and extremely, you know, mix up heavy. And I can tell that they're getting frustrated because I will—I got rage quit on four times in a row by different people for doing setups with a character because I. But like that's versus games. That you
1: are destroying me. the player base one person at a time by that's playing not properly.
4: My I'm just trying to win. Start like, playing properly. I know it's it's I got it's it's all on me, but it's just the thing that that really that really I guess a little confusing to me. It's it's you're right there, buddy.
2: I just I want to. Can we create a fake documentary about how you think you're the one ruining the fighting game community specifically? <laughs> so yeah. You specifically think you're so good. And you're just like I keep beating people and they keep leaving, and it's my fault. No. I want to apologize to like professional <laughs> players. Like I'm really sorry.
4: No, it's 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 one of those things that's just like, you know, they they get caught in this vortex and they get caught in this in this mix up and they just they'll quit and it's like to me as somebody who you know wants to get better and compete and be good, it's like that is so counterintuitive. Like the only way to get better and to to fight something that you're losing to is to experience it and. Try different things and solutions, or look them up and then do them in practice and see if they'll help your game. To just yeah. quit and remove yourself from the situation is like the number one way to get worse. Or like that is the number one mash. way to get or, or button mash or, or button mash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. That's
3: I the, do think that you need to be a certain type of person to put up with you absolutely do
1: over over you've got to be a very yeah. specifically competitive individual to put up with that kind of shit mm-hmm. and get good get good enough at any rate you know i like fighting mm-hmm. games i'm not good at any of them mm-hmm. you now i i'd like to think i could hit you a couple of times in any given fighting game but mm-hmm. outside of that that will be it and yeah. I, I look at it. and I'm thinking, I, I'm never gonna be good at fighting games. Yeah, and, and I have to imagine that's the vast majority of people as well. Which is why you know when you do things like launch without a story mode or what or whatever, you actually are doing your game a huge fucking disservice because you might think, oh well, who plays the fucking story mode of a fighting game past the first couple of weeks How or whatever? You are. Well, It's like, well, actually,
3: I think the Dragon Ball Fighters uh, story mode. Is really interesting too. It's like broken up into three different arcs um, throughout the entire thing. They'll be like, "Hey, maybe try doing this." You know, they they like try to teach you as you go.
1: Yeah, it nice. it's often like you you can play it as an int- introductory kind of thing. You could play it as a something involving. A story but more to the point it means you don't have to immediately go online and get your ass handed to you like you have a Mm, mode where you can at least gain some familiarity with the game even if it's a very very basic level of familiarity which is why it's important to have something like that in there it helps you know just coax you into the game and (laughs) get you ready to be completely obliterated online that's why
4: I feel like it was pretty heinous that Tekken didn't have a tutorial mode at all. Everything to learn that game was either through other people or through yep. like online tutorials. I thought that was a pretty unforgivable sin. I, I learned game. that
1: game by destroying Cry and his friends.
4: Yeah, it's <laughs> that's one of those things. Like I, I'm horrible at Tekken. I'm so bad at Tekken. I, my, my skill set and my the way that my gaming brain works does not gel with that game. I did surprisingly I still... well with that one,
1: and I think it's yeah. down to very basic little things about it, even though I'm fucking terrible at it, the basic mm-hmm. fundamentals somehow translate quite well to Tekken.
4: Sure. That's totally understandable. And that's, and that's like really cool. It's, I, I, I am really impressed with people that can understand Tekken. I personally can't. I have a lot of friends who are big into Tekken and uh, they, it's awesome when they're good, like watching, uh, like I watched League the, uh, the other day and uh, watching people who are good at Tekken is super cool. It's right. like, wow, you understand how to do all these crazy juggle combos and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And uh, But, you know, that that's not how it gels for me. But I still had fun playing it, you know, as a player, just like messing around with friends and just being like, you know what, I'm just going to pick up this character and try him out and see how he plays. Lobby. You learn a, yeah. yeah. learn a couple basic, basic things and then just run with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen when Soul Calibur comes out because mm. i think we all probably have memories of how good we felt we were at soul caliber oh yeah and i can't wait to have that proved completely false it's just yeah. like oh i was so good on the dreamcast i was fucking wrecking it, it as nightmare it was great yeah. and mm. I, i'm gonna go online and i'm gonna be like what is any of the things you just did to me i don't yep. understand mm-hmm.
0: so i remember
1: some combos from soul caliber 2 and i'm just Already, I've been ring-outed ring, ring outed like five times already before yep. I even then, executed one of them.
4: Yeah, somebody just guard impacts you and then just like totally just like takes half of your health.
1: That's it. And again, another important thing about like a game like Soul Calibur often having a really like good single player mode. Keeps you, at least you've got something else to play that doesn't mm-hmm. completely <laughs> destroy you, you know, if you That's go true. online. So there's, there's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I loved Edgemaster
4: mode where you would go around collecting the yeah, different uh, weapons. I thought that was super fun. And like every character had their own little backstory and stuff like that. I thought
1: Soul like... Soul Calibur 3 I- had all sorts of crazy shit. Even Soul Calibur yeah. 1, you just yeah. you went around the world and it's just like, oh, well, on this level, you're sinking into quicksand. On yeah. this level, the enemy is a vampire. Yeah. Uh, um, that was uh, cool as hell.
4: So- Soul Blade on PS1 had the same thing, um, where you would go around and like some enemies could only be damaged by throws, and like some enemies could yeah. only be hurt while you were juggling them and things like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so that was always.
1: I, I think you definitely did a game like that, a mode like that in a fighting game. Fucking, we had so much fun with Mortal Kombat Nine, just doing the test your luck mode, the root, you mm-hmm. know, the uh, slot wheel reels. So it was like, right. you have no hands. Ha-ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great equalizer in a group, if you, you throw that mode on there. It's like, oh, this guy's really good at fighting games. But now you have no face. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you will not be as good now. Oh, he's still mm-hmm. very good. Oh wow. Yeah. Now you well, now you have no feet also. It's that was a great mode. Fucking killer. Um somebody brings up uh
4: I totally forgot about this. The character creator in Soul Calibur was also pretty fun. Yes. Like making your own custom characters yeah. and like doing the campaign stuff and like that weird strategy game that was in 3 where you it was like sort of like yeah. Dynasty Warriors where you had to like go to the different like different zones towns and, the, and shit yeah yeah yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah that was cool
1: yeah I can't remember what that was called like it might have been called Chronicles of the Sword or something like that it's Chronicles of the Blade something maybe, like that maybe I don't know yeah. but it's yeah it was, all, it was all good you need crazy modes of your fighting games is my conclusion because everyone else is gonna quit because they're weak yep. and they can't handle the pressure
4: yep it's true
1: the reality I, uh, of it.
2: <laughs> shout out. So I was looking up the new Soul Calibur stuff, and shout out to the official Twitter for uh, back in January posting characters throughout the games and looking at these gifts of the way they're dressed as time progresses.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Sophitia in particular is a is a, a pretty big
1: offender. Yeah,
2: she starts <laughs> off looking like fully armored, like a badass, and then just close starts falling over time. <laughs> she starts like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah really yes,
1: it, it was a little odd in that. It's like you've got your character for that, which is Ivy, whose breasts grow per iteration of the series. Yes. But yes. Then-
3: Is Ivy the one where there was that tweet that blew up where they were like, man, I wonder if they're going to, you know, cool it on the whole like Ivy being a dominatrix (sighs) thing. it literally... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were like oh no they went the other direction yeah, no, no, no they, they, they kept going so hard. Yep. they
1: doubled down <laughs> what did they expect like like yeah. they were gonna change that character <laughs> there'd be a fucking riot on your hands mm-hmm. you can't get rid of the default costume it, it, it is the thing about the thing about ivy is she used to have all sorts of different costumes including uh, i right. say her alt costume yeah. was her fully clothed you know with the fucking frilly like little thing around her neck and everything, kind of Victorian era dueling costume or whatever. Yeah. Well like, she already um, had that option.
4: Yeah. She's uh Cervantes' daughter. Yeah. So she's like the daughter of like a pirate. So Yeah, pirate yeah. and a nobleman kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She so awesome. she's got those different aspects.
1: So And is doesn't... also insane because of yeah. doing weird experiments and shit.
4: Yeah, the weird alchemy stuff.
1: Yeah, maybe Yeah,
3: not. of course. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing 100%. worse than weird alchemy. Mm-hmm. What else have we been playing? Who's got something?
3: (laughs) So good. Uh, I played uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine.
1: Yes. Talk about it. Yes. Tell us about what that actually is. Tell me. So
3: it's an indie game that is about old American folklore. Um, The concept of it is that you, at the beginning, sit down to a game of poker. And uh, you essentially just to keep it short, you lose to, like, this devil wolf. <laughs> sure. And uh, and the wolf um, tells you that um, in order for you to, like, pay your debt, he's going to strip you of your flesh and send you walking around America, around the United States, um, gathering stories. It seems
1: like it would become awkward pretty quickly. <laughs> it's like, how are so we going to explain this?
3: Nobody seems to see you... As a skeleton, but you that's, see yourself as a skeleton. That's very
1: progressive of them. Yeah. So, um, we don't see, see Yeah. They see
4: you, but they don't say anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. they quite work so, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, The entire game is you like walking, moseying even from state to state, um, <laughs> meeting people and your, hearing
4: stories. Your walk is such, it's not even a walk, it is it's very like, much a mosey. Yeah, you're 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 chilling.
3: Yeah, the which we will, of we will get to in a moment. But <laughs> uh yeah, you like you walk around the country and uh, different houses will have like little bloops <laughs> and sometimes you'll find like a campfire where somebody's just traveling and you can trade stories with them and you're trying to see like how your stories will develop, like how they'll change. So once you've told a story once, um, you might run into somebody who's like, I heard this story, it's, it was about a friend of my nephew's, so I know that it's true, and here it is. And so you're like, that was my story, mm-hmm. but something's changed about it, right? Um, and I think, I think the end goal of this game is to have one of your stories become a story about a place where water tastes like wine. I assume. Okay. Uh but so far, yeah, it's just it's you as a skeleton walking around telling stories and stuff. So here's the thing is um the music is fucking incredible, the art is fantastic. Uh it kills me how slow you move. <laughs> okay. Like the the speed at which you walk you from place to you you mosey from place to place. He's telling me we need to work accelerate for me. the mosey.
1: We need an accelerated mosey mod. Mm.
3: Well, there's so there's a there's like a mini game that you can do while you're moseying. Okay. That is where you whistle, and it's like a Simon Says whistle game. And while you're whistling, as long as you keep hitting the right buttons, you walk a little bit faster. So a lot of people were like, but you have the you have the whistling thing (laughs) From my from my perspective. The music in this game is so fucking awesome that having to whistle constantly and have that overlap with this amazing music bums me out. Uh Huh? I was like, but I'm always whistling the same song. And sometimes it doesn't match the song that's playing and the songs are so good. And that's what I want to listen to. I don't want to listen to myself whistling the same fucking song all the
4: time. Can't
3: you hitchhike? You can hitchhike. It bugged out for me often. Unfortunately, you can like go to, you can go to the street and you can hitchhike with people and every now and then somebody will be like, you want a ride? Um, but I've realized there are like different things you can be doing at the same time while you're hitch. Like if I'm hitchhiking and also moseying at the same time and the car shows up, I can't get in the car, mm. which is a big old bummer because it's so rare for somebody to be like, you seem like a nice skeleton boy.
4: Yeah. You want to get in. in this car? Yeah. I'll um. strap you to the roof. <laughs> uh uh, is there a cap for how fast you can go while you're whistling? Because I would love that if there was a mod you that don't you- don't should... constantly accelerate. Yeah, no, no, no. I want, I want somebody to remove the cap for that, and then oh, that's it. a mod. And so you just get faster and faster. Wow. Speed. You just, like, <laughs> pew! Yeah, dual-assisted <laughs> speedrun, and you just, like, you, like, get, like, you, like, remove the cap for it, and you just, like, cross the country in, like, two seconds. Actually, mm. just becomes <clears throat> a
1: DDR-style rhythm game. Yes! <laughs> in between the stories, where you just try to max out <laughs> your speed.
3: <laughs> uh the cool the coolest part of the game is sitting down at campfires with people and sharing stories because like one of one of the other obvious goals of the game when you're playing is that there are multiple people who are just on some kind of a journey, right? And if they ask you for a certain type of story and you're able to deliver, um they'll tell you more and more about themselves. Uh, so it's about like all different types of people that were living in the United States during the Depression era. Um, which is like the really cool part of the game, I think, uh, is how many different types of people they wound up including in that.
4: Yeah. It's, Shout out uh, out to
3: Quinn, my, my sweet child who ran away from home and adopted Aww. two dogs. He's adorable.
4: <laughs> um, it's uh, it's very grapes of wrath, isn't it? It's like the very. same sort of thing. Looks
2: yeah. it,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Steinbeckian. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Also, apparently, the 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 devil wolf is voiced by Sting. What? Uh,
1: that is bizarre. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's great. Okay.
3: That's, great. That's why? Why? I, um... No idea. <laughs>
1: People kept saying he
3: was the narrator. I, I don't think he's the narrator. I think that he's just the voice of the wolf that you hear at it's the beginning.
1: Like, that's a very specific person to bring on for that. Isn't it, though? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, that wow. is very strange. Yeah, I should check that out. Well, there you go. Where the Water yeah. Tastes Like Wine it is Where the Water Tastes Like Wine.
3: It. A lot of people have really been loving this game because it's very chill. It's super super chill. It's just yeah, it's for me reason. at the time that I was playing it, I was appreciating the points where like I got stories, and not appreciating the in between. It made it feel more repetitive than it was, I think. Um, but a lot of people are liking how peaceful the game feels, you know.
4: Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I love the the art style in it, particularly. I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Who else has got anything else i have been playing? Uh, he hasn't apparently, even had notes for this show, so he must have been playing. Yeah, something. I had notes,
2: man. I got a whole bunch of notes. Uh, I played a band Ship.
1: Yes, um, I've played that. Yeah.
2: So, uh, my opinion, I think it's—is uh, it in beta, early, yeah, it's access? In early access, whatever it's in yeah, right now? Yeah. I think it's—it's it's hit or miss. Um, there's a lot of really cool things in it, and there's a lot of things where I almost like lost my mind. Um, tell me basic, basic concept is you are a uh, cult member from some Cthulhu-esque cult and you escape into the open ocean on a boat with a crew and you end up on an you're being chased down by these cultists and their giant kraken creature and so you need to go from port to port and try to like hire a crew, fight them off find a way to defeat these bad guys that's sort of the premise of the game
0: Yep. Each
2: part of the game takes place on sort of a a square grid area of this world, and you can unlock the map in this area, and sometimes there's a port, sometimes there's not. There are multiple things where you can uh, interact. Very, like, I
1: guess kind of FTL-ish. It it is very FTL-ish to the point where it makes no sense that the areas of the map have fucking gates on them in the middle of the ocean.
2: Right. There's So the square, you'll imagine there's a north, south, east, west point. (laughs) Sometimes those are gates. And sometimes those are like you need to have five interactions with something yeah, on the map. Something order-
1: before you can go along. It's right. completely arbitrary. It's the most
2: gamey mm. of game. Right. So then once you do that, you move to the next area. So on and so on. I think the there's some cool interactions in the towns. The way you can upgrade your ship, I think, is interesting. I hate the UI of the interaction with like upgrades and stuff. When I played, one of the first things I basic. did is, is I went to the um to the air so I'm trying to to like describe this the best I can if you imagine your uh town interaction screen the main portion of it is upgrades to your ship this huge big section of like this is your ship and these are the things you can move and you just like mouse click and move and like now it's added to your ship or you can it seems very simple down the corner is a thing about buying and selling food and it's yeah. like okay it's gonna be this much gold gets you this much food I was like oh okay So I moved over and I was like, Oh, I think that's too much food moved back. And I was like, Hmm. It didn't say I got any food moved over again, moved back. I looked up, I now had five gold. What I had done is literally because there is no accept command. Anytime you say like, I want 10 food. It literally gives you instantly 10 food. There is no, like I'm trying to balance what I think I need. And so so what it did is I kept buying for 15 and selling for five. Every time I moved the bar. Or, or maybe it's just so you click whatever the case may be. Every time I did anything, I was buying for fifteen, selling for five, and so I literally screwed myself on an entire run. Had to restart.
1: Oh, I was like,
3: oh that like, really gosh. sucks.
2: Yeah, well, and I was
1: like, it- yeah, it's one of those parts of like early access UI where it's like this is functional, and then you realize when you put it out to a large group of people, this is actually very easy to break, and what you would think would be highly unlikely is actually far more likely than you initially believed. Yeah, Rad. right, right. That- and, and it happened. In, I was just like, "Oof! Okay,
2: strike one." <laughs> well,
1: like, what did you think about the co- uh, what do you think about the combat in that game?
2: So the combat, I actually the ship to ship combat. I think once you start getting into the weapons and you start seeing the different types of weapons, I was like, "Oh, this is fascinating! I love that you can move closer and further away from the ship, and you can have different weapons." I like that you can send guys over. The thing I hate, I hate the melee combat in that game because
1: it's, oh, it's a the screen,
2: the screen does not go in. So you're fighting with a bunch of little characters that if they all group up together and a fight breaks out, you like finding the right one to click and save before he's instantly killed is a pain in the ass. So I kept losing people and melee fights to the point where I was like, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm not going to fight anybody anymore. But then the game's like, by the way, they're fishmen who will start boarding your ship. So now you have to fight and it's just, there's so much happening and you're like, all the way out looking down this 2.5D view. Yeah, they,
1: they don't let you zoom in enough for that yeah. for some reason. I, The way I found to get around it was uh, just being very careful with my bandboxing. If you select the little um, class icon above the dude, then that selects him as well, and that's much easier to then bring him in and out of a fight when you're keeping an eye on health bars. The problem is once you learn to do that, all melee becomes trivial. Like I right. at never point at n- I never got to a point where I was like I am going to lose someone in a melee fight, no because once I've boarded their ship, especially if I've rammed them, so I've knocked them like to the floor so I can get on before they get back up. I've always have six guys versus like maybe they're four, and I just focus one dude at a time, pull back any guy that's weakened, and that's the that's the as far as the melee combat goes in terms of depth there right. is nothing... I like- You can't, like, get different weapons for you guys in melee. There's no abilities you can use in melee. It's just about
2: the number of, like, melee bars they have versus the enemy.
1: Yeah, it's your damage and health versus their damage and health, and there's no strategy to it whatsoever. And I found it was actually the optimal strategy to win every fight. Like, I'd hit their rigging once so I could get in nice and close to them, my maneuver bar would be ready, I'd ram them, brace before impact, because that's easy, jump on their ship, and then just murder them. And you get the most money that way anyway, because you don't sink their ship. So you right. get a little bit extra cash. So that becomes did, optimal strat.
2: I did enjoy when they like. I, I like the ship ship combat. I'm sure I discovered very quickly. It's probably very boring to watch on Twitch, but like, yeah, today I had a fun time. I had a fun time being like, fire all those fucking cannons. Let's like kill it. It's fun to look at. Um, I liked it over time when they started throwing weather mechanics, and so now waves are crashing into you, and you have to brace. Yes. And yeah. if you don't, your guys get flung off the ship, and you have to send dudes to go like reel them back in. Meanwhile, you're in a firefight. And I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I like the like
1: complexity of the fights. That's when the game's at its best, especially when you've yeah, got yeah. some like cool different weapons and strategies to use. I managed to equip like flamethrowers and fire cannons, oh. and I was like, my strat was to get in nice and close with that and just soil their deck with fires everywhere, so the AI would be constantly running off to put out fires instead of actually charging their guns to shoot at me, so I'd never take yeah. any damage uh but it's like that seems like that's the best part of the game is that it is the is the combat aspect of it and the exploration mm. it's a bit lackluster because it's it's like you said it's just running mm. around a square and there's little icons on the map It's like oh there's an event there either i go to it or i don't you know and there's a very limited selection of events right now as far as i can tell so it ends up being like well did do you want a combat-focused FTL that's kind of based in the age of piracy with a bit of weird Cthulhu shit going on. If so, abandoned <laughs> ship is mostly that. I thought the weird Cthulhu shit was interesting. Like it
2: kept my interest longer than if it was just like you're a pirate on the sea. I was like, yes. I kind of want to see where this is going, so it kept my interest. But I think after a while, I was like, okay, I've seen enough. I I I don't know. If there's any more to look at right now.
1: Well, what bothered me is like the when the Kraken attacks, which it inevitably will at some point, it didn't seem like it was any real threat at all. You would always,
2: like, escape it every single time. Yeah,
1: I imagine there's a boss fight eventually involving that where where it's a lot harder. But the whole cultist thing seemed kind of wasted to me because of the fact that all I was really doing was fighting regular dudes and then those, like, squiddy dudes that come over and try and attack you. It's like, I wanted to see much more crazy shit. Like, I want to see that boat do cult magic or whatever. I want to see them summon the horrors of the fucking warp. Maybe I didn't get far enough into the game, uh, but it it seemed like the cult bit was a bit squandered in my eyes. The mm-hmm. Kraken bit is cool when it
2: happens, but it doesn't if you know what to do, it's the same thing every time. The Kraken would show up and you'd be like, Oh no, I have to go cut at his arms, and then and then you escape get a guy at the steering wheel and try to escape, and then yeah. he'd maybe grab me one more time, and then I'd cut at the arms, and then he'd be like, Oh, fuck this, I'm out, and then you'd escape Ugh. every yeah. time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just an event that guarantees you've got to do a bit of hole repair, you know. Right. It's not a, it's not that. It's interest it's interesting to look at it and it's like would I ever play this as much as I played FTL? And it would be like, absolutely not. And then I'm like thinking, why? You know, like, what is it that Abandoned Ship has done, like, poorly compared to FTL? And uh, I think a lot of it, to me, is like how not in any way desperate the combat seems to be. Like, in FTL, it always felt like you were fighting fires and barely keeping your ship together. In Abandoned Ship, maybe it's just because it's tuned too easy right now. It, mm. it's just like the combat seems to be fairly inconsequential to you
3: you don't I think, feel like you have to abandon ship
1: no I don't <laughs> feel like I have to abandon ship at all as it turns Got out it. I'm actually think, quite secure on my ship <laughs> I think there's like there's two aspects to that as well there's the fact that
2: you feel really secure but also the rewards you get for like if they want to tune it the way that it should be it should be really like crazy combat. But awesome, awesome rewards. Awesome rewards,
1: rewards. yeah. The rewards are stingy at best. It took me ages. I got 50 gold, like, cool. Yeah, and then you end up having to spend it on supplies and repairs as well. So you lose a bunch of it then. It's like, it took me a while to get a new boat. But then the new boat, we were talking about this earlier, Dodger, the way that every ship was so radically different in FTL. In this, like, the boats they're basically the same they just have more hp and like i got a brig it's like oh okay i could fit another cannon on it i guess right Right. well but it does the same thing you know i'm doing the same thing regardless so those those upgrades feel like just going through the motions rather than anything particularly special it it was cooler getting like the cool weird weapons and shit you know it's like oh this is a mortar that shoots acid it's like that's cool (laughs) Yeah. that's the bit I really like but I you know you'd think that upgrading your ship and getting a bigger cooler ship would be a bigger deal than it is but it's kind of not it doesn't feel that way anyway because everything handles the same way it doesn't yeah. play differently all the ships that play exactly the same right yeah so it's like it seems like it's got promise but even as polished as it is it's lacking that X factor that would make me play it over and over again. You know, it's like, ah, uh, you get a couple of runs out of me, but then there's no way I'm playing this again because I've seen all the game has to show me. That's too bad.
2: Yep, it it yeah. it yeah, was an experience, but I was like, all right, I've gotten all I need out of this for the moment unless they make, like, huge changes in the future. Well,
1: you know, it's early access. Hopefully hopefully they will, you know, with a ton of updates. You know, if you add enough shit into a game, it can be interesting, but it there's just something about the core of it that isn't as compelling as is. So it's like, well, that's I could funny. just go play FTL again. Unless I'm really, really out for this whole age of sale thing. Which, in this case, I'm kind of not. Mm.
3: Yeah, that's that's normally the sign in my mind. If I'm playing something and I go, honestly, I just really wish I was playing this other game The other similar. thing that was yeah. like that, yeah. So yeah. It's such the way with
1: fucking card games. You go and play a new card game online or whatever it's like I just got away from one of these and actually I think <laughs> I'd rather go back to that one than learn this one or whatever because yeah. you know it's not different enough it doesn't mm-hmm. add something that would get me interested in this whole thing again Hmm. Oh, that's that played a little bit of Alto's Odyssey how's that? Is, that's uh, it's as good as the first one I think it's probably the best way to describe it It's, you know, they haven't made any radical changes. I can also never spell Odyssey under any circumstances. Yeah, it's
4: fucking weird. It's a tough
1: one. That's a a difficult one there. Uh, I'm trying to type type it in. I'm I'm getting it wrong every time.
3: Is it O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y?
1: It is exactly that. Like the Odyssey? Yeah. Alto's Odyssey, which for those who do not know, is a mobile game about skiing and rescuing your llamas. At least it was initially. I don't know. The llamas... Don't seem to feature <laughs> as prominently in this one. I think he may have moved past llamas to a larger world. Is this
4: is this the sequel to Ski Free?
1: It might as well be to some extent. Okay. There is a lot of skiing in it. There's no Yeti to the best of my knowledge, though. So okay, <laughs> yet. Yet, as Yeti, far as yet, I'm yet. aware. Yeah. But but yeah, it's a, it's just a fun uh, sort of infinite runner, or in this case, infinite skier where mm-hmm. you know, you're know you trying to do backflips to gain to, to get a longer scarf, which makes you go faster and gives you a temporary speed boost and all that kind of thing. Collect as much shit as you can, because that'll give you upgrades and all that sort of stuff. So the first one was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really nicely put together. Uh, this one has great music, great visuals. The controls are tight. So if you're looking for a runner to play in short sessions, you could definitely do a lot worse than this one. When I, when I
2: look at this game, all I imagine is the characters from Journey trying to, like, make their trek to the mountain and then some asshole skis by them. Yeah. Oh,
3: so like God, I,
2: it's exactly I, It has that aesthetic to it. Yeah, the I forgot that there was similar. a
3: game called Journey, and so I thought that you what? were referring to the band members band Journey? of Journey as characters, and I was like, what an odd way to refer. I
2: mean, Steve Perry is kind of a character in a yeah, yeah.
3: You know, I guess it's fair. I guess it works.
2: Don't stop believing. Indeed.
1: Mm. Just don't stop. It's it's fun as hell though. Once you get some momentum going in a game like this, it feels good. Very good. So they've they've tightened it up versus the last one. So it's worth another visit if you like the first one. And also, frankly, it's pretty cool to support premium mobile gaming. You know, there's no bullshit with this. Pay a few dollars, get a really, really good game. Simple yeah, as that.
4: I prefer
1: that vastly. I would much prefer that. Yeah, you know, and all those little upgrades and things you just collect in games, so.
4: Yeah. um, Cool.
1: So much bullshit going on with mobile when it comes to a game. You'll look at it, and you're probably just not going to pick it up because you'll realize, oh, it says get. I wonder what bullshit it's going to throw at me two hours down the line when mm-hmm. I start enjoying it. It's like, hey, time to buy, or... Ugh, something yeah. on those lines. It's. Do
4: you want to recharge your energy?
1: It's like. Ugh. You want to do this? Ugh. You want to do that? You want to buy really. this starter pack? You want to? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. So much of that on mobile. Mm-hmm. It's yep. Way too much. <laughs> All right. Any last words before we take a break? Uh.
4: Uh. I don't think I've been playing anything else. I mean,
1: I'm I mean, playing this yep.
4: Digimon game, but it's
1: not worth talking about. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the oh, only you- other thing I uh I tried out that Monster Slayers game that
1: Oh, is that the one that's like Slay the Spire?
3: Yeah, it's not as good.
1: Okay. At all good to, to know. Um
3: oh. and then uh Sam and I played through all of Dark Souls three. It's my first time playing
1: it and it was super fun. <laughs> Would it have um, been super fun had you done it without a co op partner?
3: I think so. Um I I I really love, like, the world of those games. Yeah. Um, it became very obvious that my build was a, I'm playing this co-op build. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
4: if I, I had to not do anything on my own, all. I'd be like,
3: yeah. why do I barely do damage? <laughs> yeah. It was not. Um, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to bring up is, I'm playing through Neo for the first time, ah, and it's so yes. funny. You, you, it's so funny you bring up the the world of that because like I love the gameplay and build and character customization mechanics of Neo, but fuck if I don't give two shits about the story of that game. <laughs> I do not care isn't at that, all.
3: Isn't that story some weird like? It's power based fantasy on where it's like no, a normal ass dude. It's based on well, this it's a, dude it's apocryphal.
1: Who, it, yeah, it is based on a real thing. Yeah, enough. it's based on a, a
4: real dude who came over from I want to say Ireland over yeah, he, to Japan. The, the
1: Irish samurai or something yeah. like was his nickname.
4: Yeah, and he he like ended
1: up serving
4: the shogun like in real life as a samurai. Um so it's, it's loosely based on that. But like and like I, I love the gameplay. It's super fun. It's Team Ninja, it's really fun. But like fuck, as soon as the cutscene starts, I'm like, I don't care. I Shut don't up, care. Man. Like Gotcha. Where, yeah so it's just like all the missions and levels and like fighting the bosses and doing all that shit is really fun but then like as soon as it's like oh no we have to stop this mad samurai from from overthrowing the shogun i'm like shut the fuck up and let me fight monsters like stop <laughs> talking.
1: To me. that but, is yeah. one nice thing generally about dark souls is that it doesn't interrupt you all that much especially not yes. when you're making a mistake yes. yeah it's great Mm. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. There's got to have been something. We'll find something, damn it. We'll be right back after the break. you watch the the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Podcast. All of the sounds you've been hearing during the breaks today from Ben Prunty's Into the Breach soundtrack. Go check that out. It is very, very good. Some people are like, oh, it sounds like FTL it it should it's the same composer it's
3: same boy
1: yep he does some great stuff and that's from the soundtrack to Into the Breach which you can buy on Bandcamp you can also pick it up on Steam it's available as an add-on for the game itself
3: Jesse just informed us of atrocities that are being committed
1: on the internet uh, are are these posters for life. a movie that is going to be bad anyway so i don't know why you're so upset Oh, I just... I'm a, I just. i like upset it.
3: because they fucking look... Ba- like, there is a budget! There is a budget for this movie!
4: It's
2: high. It's real big.
3: It's a big budget movie, and their posters that are mimicking other
2: posters yeah. look like so, garbage! Ready Player One, uh, their advertising campaign right now is to make their posters other posters from pop culture history. So literally shit like... Goonies, Dirty Dancing, uh, Breakfast Club, Well, since so um, the entire Rambo. film is
1: one giant, annoying 80s reference, like, uh, you know, that uh, makes sense. That marketing campaign makes sense. So what's wrong with it?
2: So it's just all... I, like, I just don't... It's not... They're not good. They're very, they
1: look, oh, they're like, bad po- Oh, oh, oh okay. All right, they're those are like, terrible. Okay,
3: Like, one of them is Labyrinth, right? And there's like... Like, they have a reference for the exact art style that is on these posters, right? Because the poster already oh my exists.
1: God, the Matrix the one wins. is abysmal. Yeah, yeah the ma- bad. it's bad. It's replicated
3: not good. It's so <laughs> like,
1: bad. I thought these were just created by fans or something. Oh, I, God. Like, no, are those are real, real posters. Those are real
2: posters that really exist, and it's not, it's insulting. You're like, who the fuck made these?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, th- wow. I, I I'll, uh, I'll, I can post the uh, link to some of them. Right here. Yeah, that doesn't fit in my text box at all. But you get the idea. You know, some of you can probably make the effort to go there. Those are terrible. Though, I mean, not that I was expecting anything from the movie because the movie, I mean, the book is terrible. I don't know if people have noticed that. Some people apparently didn't because they gave them a lot of money for the license, the bloody thing. But yeah, those posters are all so awful. Wow. I don't like them. Not at all. And they just made so many of them.
2: Rather than make, like, two or three that were really good, they made 12 that are all, like, yeah. mediocre. And you're just like, what are you, who are you trying to sell this movie to? I, I don't know. I,
4: uh, the thing is, like, okay, I want you to look at the Labyrinth one. I know it hurts physically to do that, but look at the Labyrinth one. So they, they clearly, and I know what they did here, they have the Labyrinth one, right? But – the face of the main character, whatever, the, Gary Stew of the of this movie, yeah. they took another photo David, of Bowie David and referenced Bowie? that. Yeah, they made him look like David Bowie, <laughs> but not the labyrinth David Bowie. They just took a different picture of Bowie and made him look like that. Like, if you look at, at Jareth over on the right there, and then whatever the guy's name is on the left, like, that's they didn't make him look like the Goblin King. They made him look like a different picture of David Bowie. This is so bad, it's so heinous, it's making me mad.
2: I just want to point out, the things you notice uh, in this when you look at it, like, the Matrix one is where he's half trench coat, half jean jacket. I don't even know. It's not okay. It's
1: a disgrace to to everything and everyone. I mean, so is the book, and the movie will be as well, but real, did did you have to take down decency with you? As you launch this damn movie, Octo
2: because- notice, that when you look at the Blade Runner one, not only is she not holding a cigarette, she's holding a gun. But the flying car is the, the DeLorean.
4: Delorean. Yeah,
1: and I just <laughs> references. I, just, How I so right? many. I just can't right now. I mean, oh. that's, that's all our that movie is going to be anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, I wanna, of all the things I, you could watch, don't watch that one. I, I read,
4: I read a paragraph of the actual book, and I wanted to heave. Like, I just, I, I couldn't. Klein is not a good writer.
1: That, yeah. that, that is abundantly clear. I struggled through all of Player One. I'm like, what the fuck. Wow, you well, are stronger than I. <laughs> I. Hey, I originally started by trying to listen to it and then realized it was a combination of Ready Player One, a bad book, and Will Wheaton, a bad narrator. And oh, the combination no. of those two things were headache-inducing. So, But no, I struggled through the whole thing, hoping to find what exactly it was that people were so enamored by. And I realized it literally is just, hey, guys, references. That And that is that's it. It's references the book. And that's why people like it right cool uh yeah
3: i still I haven't read it, but I know a lot of people who like it, like I'm willing to give it a try and see if it's something that I would like I'm feel not free, bash on it when S- I have see not
1: see how far you get through through it if but... you before you get so fucking infuriated by the references that you just want to throw the book in the fire I'd yeah I um
2: one of the I mean the references like I'm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I'm with Dodger. Like I'm not. I will not shit on this. But every indication is like nothing I will good. shit on
3: these fucking posters. Oh then. yeah, the posters. The are like, there you go. You go after
2: that. You know I'm like every indication about the production behind this is like this isn't going to end up good.
1: Like there's I mean, no. The who can't... knows? Maybe, maybe it could. You know? Maybe bad source material actually leads to a good movie. That's possible. But I don't <laughs> it, think so.
4: It just looked like somebody photoshopped their DeviantArt OC onto like movie posters.
1: That's and like, yeah. but
4: that's kind of what this character is. Like, yeah. He's this dude's Sorta. OC, right? Like, yeah. I mean, uh...
1: yeah, that's basically it. it's, his, it's,
2: his, it's his hedgehog character, is what you're saying. Yeah. It's
4: his, it's his
1: first Jesse the Hedgehog.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. I like it.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: What is Jesse? I mean, I'm going to Google Jesse. Yeah, Google the Jesse the hedgehog. the hedgehog. Yeah, feel free. I
1: with bet there's many that. of them, actually. Yeah. I can't many imagine many what other good news there is. There's not a lot of, uh, Really, over the last couple of weeks, there have been little bits of news here and there, nothing massively groundbreaking, uh, but we can cover the little bits.
3: Jesse the Hedgehog is boring as fuck. Oh, there wait a go. minute.
1: Nope,
4: there's a better one. Here's a good there's one. There's many Jesse the Hedgehog. First things You're first,
1: insane. rumor that, and which is big, I mean, confirmed oh, but fuck. not confirmed by Eurogamer that Diablo 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch. Huh.
2: All right. I, I, I'm curious about this because I uh, saw that weird tweet that everyone was like, just oh, yeah. coming to switch. And then people who actually work at Blizzard being like, weird that people assume that that's like, we were showing off something else, but like, okay. Which I can't tell if that's them trying to cover it up or...
1: It, it pretty much seems to be. I mean, the thing is that <laughs> that item already, that Nightlight was merch from years ago. So right. I think... Right. It was clearly designed to do that. They haven't officially announced it yet. It may be that this leaked early, that it's not ready for consumption, but it does seem like, according to right. sources, that it will be coming to Switch. I mean, it's not outside the realms of possibility. They already have console versions of it that are actually pretty good for what they are.
3: Um, it's cracking me up seeing so many people Resident sleepering in chat over Diablo 3. Look, there're people who still play this game every I play season every season. And...
2: Fuck y'all. Yeah, I play I every do hardcore. I play, play hardcore
3: every season. I just so... got my
2: season 13 gear and my teddy bear that has blood coming out of his mouth. Nice. Just got that shit this past weekend. So I- classic.
1: Oh. I will
4: I will say um I am not as into Diablo 3 uh but every time I play it I still have fun. Mm-hmm. Like there's like i have fun with that game like well wh- like it's it usually here's how it goes for me friends will be like hey you want to play in this diablo season and i'll like look at my blizzard launcher and be like yeah fuck it let's do it sure, and i'll, yeah. I'll yeah. reinstall it and play play and make a wacky build that's totally out there and super goofy and get some legendaries for it and
1: that's it and have, have, a have good an time. okay time you know yeah that, that's yeah. what you will have if you play diablo you'll have an okay time it's like, yeah. the, and the console version is quite enjoyable. They did alter it significantly. I mean, they added a fucking dodge roll to it. It plays a little more arcadey than oh, the PC version like does. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the dodge roll is it feels uh, like yeah. Even the camera angle is different. Dude. Yeah. They oh. changed the camera angle specifically. So, like, if they bring it in with all the updates, add Rise of the Necromancer, make sure, you know, the, the good loot is coming in, and that there's a decent amount of content. I mean, I I wouldn't be averse to playing a game like that on a handheld at all because we get back to that same damn situation and subject of yeah, but it's portable now, and it's like well, why right. do you care? Because it's portable now. You, you think about like certain games in a completely different light when you realize you could play them wherever you want to.
2: Right. That's mm-hmm.
1: so why I was. I, I think it was. A, I remember back with the PSP. Uh, Sony was making. Oh, were they I can't remember what they were called. They were really generic Diablo-like hack-and-slash games. There were, there were several of them that had the word legend in them. That's how generic they were. They had the word legend in them, and I can't remember what the other word was. <laughs> but they made Day. at least three of these things. And Day put them, Day and Day put them on P- PSP, and that was incredible that they did that. And e- even go further back to the PS2. And think about Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. No. And how, like, oh, wow. That, you know, it's Baldur's... Well, it's not Baldur's Gate, but it's fun for what it is. Uh, When it comes to stuff like a portable Diablo-like game, would I prefer to play Path of Exile? I don't know. Probably. Maybe that's too complex for a portable at that point. But I can see, having already played the console version of Diablo, that a portable version would be quite nice. Oh, I think run the, uh,
3: Diablo 3 and Path of Exile scratch different itches
1: They me. do, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
4: Wasn't Champions of Norath kind of the same thing too?
1: Yes, that's exactly yeah. what Champions of Norath was, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I remember that game.
4: <laughs> yeah, I-, I love those like dungeon Crawley ARPG kind of things. I remember there... Uh, there was a Dungeon Siege 1 for the PSP that was really good too. Yes. Man, I I love those. I love those games.
1: Yeah, I actually I think I played that all the way through uh, when I was working at game. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, this there's nothing happening today. Let's play this game. It was actually pretty yeah. good.
4: Yeah, That's... yeah. It it's just it's very mindless and like just kind of like you get to blow stuff up and like you see get big loot.
1: You get yeah. loot, you get skill ups, you get different skills. You know, it doesn't need the depth of something like Path of Exile to be entertaining, especially on a portable platform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't see any harm with it coming to Switch. I'm just interested in how well it's gonna run, if at all, sure. you know? It may not run great. And consoles struggled with it on its initial release. And we've talked a little bit already about the way that some ports to Switch are not turning out well. Mm. Some of them are turning out absolutely horribly. Maybe that's the reason Blizzard didn't want to really announce this officially yet, that they're going to have to spend quite a long time getting this thing working well. Who knows? Okay. But I don't certainly don't see a harm in it. It's interesting that they flat out said, we're not bringing Hearthstone to the Switch, but really? we will bring Diablo 3. Huh.
4: I wonder why they do that.
1: I guess they don't view the Switch as a tablet in the way that an iPad or a phone would be. And well... He- I guess uh, that's true, isn't it? I mean, most yeah. people—it's—it's it's very the tablet functionality of the Switch is very minor, mm-hmm. you know. It's like touchscreen is not really something you think about. Mm. Obviously, in docked mode, it's completely useless. So, to start with, if you brought Hearthstone over, you'd literally need to add a fucking control method if you had it plugged in. Otherwise, you could only play it portably, which sounds yeah. really fucking stupid. So yeah, um, it's weird that it has the functionality of the tablet, but it's so minor and just isn't used outside of the store.
4: Yeah, mm. it's 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 funny because I saw a Twitter thread about somebody saying like, please, please, please port Monster Hunter World to the Switch, and there was this like group of of optimization people that were like, we'll we'll do it for you, Capcom, we'll do it. We want to bring it Iron to the Galaxy.
1: Switch. And actually, is is it Iron yeah. Galaxy? Said Iron that? Galaxy are the ones that said that. Yeah,
4: <sighs> I mean. I I have no Good idea luck. how a game that all, like almost chugs on PS4 Pro is going to run does. on the
1: Switch. Yeah, it does. It mm-hmm. drops below sixty on that, but yeah, um, it's what what's so fucking silly about it is that with the Monster Hunter situation, they literally already have a game. They have one. They've got Double X. They could put that on, and bring it over here, no problem. Yeah, yeah. But they won't because no. that's not their strategy right mm-hmm. now. The strategy is not portable Monster Hunter in the West. It's mm-hmm. console based and PC based Monster Hunter in the West. <laughs> and that did
4: super duper well. So I think they're probably going to stick It did very
1: with well. Yeah. yeah. And that, they haven't even had the PC release yet. You know, they'll probably Dude. sell another million off the back of that. Oh yeah. So they I think they're pretty happy with it. But honestly, I couldn't care less. You know, they can take the graphics and make it look like a DS game again as long as it runs well mm-hmm or literally port one of the 3ds versions put that on there
4: yeah put uh put generations or or yeah uh double cross or whatever something like that yeah
1: i'll be fine with that yeah because we it.
4: didn't we didn't get double cross over here we we only got cross we got generations yeah so hey It's a strange
1: all one. right it's a yeah. strange strange thing is what they decide to bring over to switch and what they don't sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and have you noticed that the, brig- the brigade for people wanting to get things on Switch is quite a loud one? Ooh, they tend yeah. to get a little salty if uh, people don't either confirm a Switch version or say, hey, yeah, we'll look into it at least. Like, I've seen launch trailers downvoted because, like, no Switch version, fuck you. It's like, whoa, yeah. Jesus. Then I
3: don't even
4: want it.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: I, mean, I, I had no intention of even buying this game. But on principle, because you don't have it on Switch, I'm going to hate it.
4: Uh, I mean, it's it, it's the whole thing. I mean, Dragon Ball wasn't released on Switch, and a lot of people, like, there was a huge campaign to get people, to get them to release Dragon Ball on well, Switch.
1: Well, that, uh, isn't that an Unreal Engine problem? Because that's... Uh,
4: oh, I don't actually know why they couldn't do it.
1: Well, I know but, there was the mention around uh, when Hatton Time... Wasn't getting a switch port, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Well, fucking why?" And Bill said, "Because the Unreal Three engine has real problems with Switch. Like, and the only people that could get it to work was Psygnosis, Like, and they did some sorcery to do it. I don't know what Unreal Four is like on there,
0: uh. but
1: I'm trying to think. Like, can I can anyone think of an Unreal Four engine game that's on the Switch right now? Uh, I don't know. Off the top. Oh god, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Is there one? I'm going to the list of uh, recent Switch games now. Is there one, and does it run properly?
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that I mean I don't traditionally think of uh, fighting games when I think of the the Switch. I mean they've really just never been sort of the focus of that community, uh, other than you know Smash Brothers. Yeah, but um, but it's you know I, I don't want to see a whole lot but i feel like a lot of these like no switch port downvote kind of things is like justifying spending money on the switch and then maybe not having the library that they want you well, know which, and,
1: which surprises me because frankly the switch library is really good yeah, like it's not that bad for this, for this stage in its life as long as you like indie games you've got a lot of good good choices and yeah. you have some top quality triple a and a few great third party games on that mm-hmm you know, there there is some shit going on in the system. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's it's lost this luster of having like almost the perfect library, as it were, mm-hmm. because now it's getting some stuff that's a bit shitty. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's getting a good number of games on a weekly basis.
4: Still got you got Zelda, you got Mario. I mean, you got all the mm. classics. You're getting Bayonetta three. I mean, that's an exclusive, I think.
1: Yes, it is. So, yeah, so. Uh
3: oh, Bayonetta.
1: Yeah, I'm so, so excited for yeah, that. It's so so bizarre that Nintendo were the ones of all people to rescue Bayonetta. Oh
4: god. Nintendo. I mean bless him for that, because that yeah. series is still real good.
1: Yeah, man. I yeah. I need to it's I great. need to spend some time to sit down again and, and play some more Bayonetta too, because oh. I didn't play anywhere near as much of that as I should have. I,
4: I think that, that game it basically surpasses the first one in terms of gameplay it's and mechanics. It's essentially perfect. But I, mean, I hate the story. I really hate the story in Bayonetta 2. I think it's bad. But um story. I never really I never really cared that much about the story, but I think the first one's I think the first story is actually a bit better. But um man, just the way it plays and the way it looks is leaps the and bounds.
1: There's nothing yeah. better in that genre that exists. Like I thought Bayonetta was like the best, and then mm-hmm. Bayonetta 2 comes out, it's like this is better.
4: Yep. Yep. What's mm-hmm.
1: gonna top this? Well, yeah. only something probably by the same company, really. Yep. And they haven't topped it yet, but I don't think they've tried. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think near near's combat system wasn't better than Bayonetta's. No. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as complex. But then again, they were never trying to make it as complex. That wasn't no. the point. Story so... was
4: amazing. I love the story of Nier.
1: Yeah. But um. Of yeah.
4: That. W- yeah. Yeah. But
1: anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure how we got there, but yeah, basically, Here we are. <laughs> it, it's all I'm saying is it's cool to ask for a port. Just maybe don't threaten to kill the person if they say no. Yeah, yeah. just
3: don't be a dick ball about it. So, you know, just don't yeah. be
1: a giant piece of shit about it. You know, I don't, I don't agree with this whole uh, thing that Neo Gaff coined like port begging or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's like they'd go on the PC guys every time they asked for something, and I remember Neo Gaff mocking the whole thing to get Dark Souls on PC. It's like, ha, you'll never receive that. You don't understand how Japan works. And then of course you get all the Dark Souls games, so. Yeah, you were really wrong on that. But regardless, there's nothing wrong with asking for a game on a different format. Just don't be a massive asshole about it. There you go. Possibly. Oh my god,
4: it's almost like people are more inclined to help you when you're polite.
1: Yeah, it's weird like that. No, don't though. What if? What if you don't? I must. What, yeah, she. I mean, what if she tried not I must. Doing that. <laughs> no, she must be an asshole. That's yeah. Well. Oh. In that Double case, That's how we got you here. probably don't want to play Rainbow Six because they announced, I believe, as of last week, that they are hard banning for the use of homophobic and racist speech Ooh. in Rainbow Six. That's Siege. because
3: they're weak. It's because they're weak. I can't believe they. Someone would take that out of
1: context, please. Of
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> I was
3: pretending and to it. continue being a shit stain.
1: Yeah, no, I know what if you're... If that blame, wasn't obvious. <laughs> I didn't the
2: internet to, to just take that little clip.
4: You were committing to a character. I understand. I get it.
1: Yeah. I, I think it, it speaks sort of volumes. Actually, it, was, uh, it wasn't even last week. It was this week. They announced we we're going to do that. The, the Reddit thread on this was locked despite having 15,000 upvotes within about a minute of it being posted.
4: Whoa, the, Really?
1: Yeah, so Damn. that that should be indicative immediately of when the arseholes jumped on this whole thing. It's like, freedom of speech and all this nonsense, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there's also, uh, I, I mean, the, nobody, I think, of any sane caliber should be disputing banning for hard racism and use yeah. of homophobic language. Like, there's no... Right. There's no reason for that. you know. There's the what There's the what about is some guys that came along and said, well, what if in this situation we happen to be discussing the you know, socioeconomic history of this particular word, etc.? Like, no, you're not <laughs> doing that in a Rainbow Six game. If you're doing that, you're griefing because you're not <laughs> playing the game. Um, so stop with your fucking socioeconomic history lesson and start playing the fucking game and fucking put the goddamn mine in the right place this time. I'd like, actually love to we're join. We're crossing
3: over into into different frustrations, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's just a, I, I would actually no...
4: love to join a game and then just pull up like somebody's like sociology thesis paper and just start like reading it, like their their dissertation, and then just like reading the and whole. And th- then,
1: then you end up getting banned or whatever for the use of that word. It's like yeah, yeah well, th- it's there's no scenario at all in which the use of that word is acceptable in a f- in that fucking video game. Like yeah. So um, it's you can hard ban for that. Like that's actually like a you can do a whole zero tolerance thing on that. And it's like, well, what if I get banned? Why do? You, why would you ever be worried about even saying that word? Word just slipped out. How 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 is it as close to your tongue as that in order to slip out? Yeah, I wonder. Like in what possible scenario would that ever happen? Yeah. You, know, uh, you can yeah. argue as much as you want about video games being a home of shitty behavior. But but that's like, a self-fulfilling prophecy. A, yeah, it is a but, self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. It, one, most of them aren't. Like Yeah, you, you absolutely. Only hear, you only hear about the shit stains. You don't hear about the millions of lobbies that happen every day that go just fine without anybody yeah. being a piece of shit. Yeah. And if that is part of gamer culture, whatever that means, I don't think that's even a thing. But if someone even did try to make the argument that there's just hurry you know, we've been doing that for ages. Well, maybe we should just stop. Maybe what if we yeah. didn't?
3: This is I, just the way it is. I can't so wait for cool. that scene
4: in Ready Player One where he joins a random lobby and somebody starts calling him racial slurs. <laughs> <stars. laughs> yeah, that's. But, I, I missed that scene in the book.
1: Indeed, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's like, well, just yeah. don't, you know. I'm glad that actions seem to be having consequences. Yeah. There there is a there is a big pushback against this in multiplayer gaming at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. Good. Like there's enough is enough. I think it's it honestly I was I was chatting to some guys from the neighborhood a couple of weeks ago at a birthday party, people I don't usually interact with, you know, the kind of people mm-hmm. who are not in our circle. And I was explaining to them the sort of the rise of board gaming, you know, and the fact that it's been becoming a big deal all the last couple of years and it came uh, just naturally to one of these guys who doesn't really game all that much that as we grow older, but we grew up with video games, we like the idea of gaming, but we're sick of dealing with the assholes. So that's why we've switched to gaming in person, you know, where we have control mm-hmm. of the people that we play with because sure. we wanted a social experience. But what we're getting online is an antisocial social experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is, that doesn't have to happen. Mm hmm. There's no reason for it. You know? It's like, well, oh, I just got mad and said it. You don't just get mad and say that. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Not that specific yeah. thing. We're not talking about calling someone shit stain here. We're talking about very specific racial and homophobic slurs.
4: Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it's and I mean, you know, it's one of those things that they always try and crack down on in games. It's just so hard, you know, it's it's very difficult to do it, I think. Um, I mean, even Overwatch is doing their, like, anti-toxicity campaign stuff where they're trying to get rid of
1: that, and, you know, well, that's who, great. Who, who'd want yeah. it? Like, who who wants it? That, how is this a selling point? Yeah. No company wants this in their game. No. no. That's I not think, a selling uh, point.
3: What's interesting is that I think the conversation gets really muddy, Sometimes, because from some people's perspective, it's but this won't solve racism. So, and that's <laughs> yes. I, it I might think, help yeah, a little I, bit. I think like it's important to realize that that's
1: honestly not that's goal. not what they're
3: trying to do. They're trying to make it so that the people who are playing the game have a safe, comfortable experience. Yeah, and right? then, and then Where, there's like, a mockery. Aren't going to be assholes. There's they're so much mockery of the concept of a safe. They're trying to those assholes anything. They're space, trying to get you know? rid of
1: them. <laughs> yeah, it's just they're just showing them the door. It's like, there's so much mockery of the concept of, eh, it's safe safe. Like, okay, you you find that funny? Like, you don't want to come home from, oh, wait, of course, you're not coming home from work, are you? You know, you're, uh, you're not coming home from work sitting down after a tiring day and just want a game without any bullshit. Uh, and I think the people I, I that don't, defend that no. stuff.
4: Yeah, I, I don't even think it's a safe, comfortable environment. I think it's just a regular environment. Like they just want people to have an environment where they won't hear that or be exposed to that. It's not even just like a safe, comfortable environment. People are taking that out of proportion. They just want a regular, socially acceptable environment. I I don't walk into a
1: store and have someone shouting racial epithets at me. That doesn't happen. That's not common. And if that were to happen, that would be unusual and noteworthy. Like, yeah. but it's not unusual and noteworthy for that to happen when going into a game lobby and that's silly. It should be TV? unusual and noteworthy.
3: Why does a blue button keep popping up over my camera?
1: Uh I don't know. Okay. What blue, oh. what blue button? What are you talking about? Please there's like a there's Twitch like a little
3: blue circle button. with a crown in it that keeps popping up. Oh, on it's top.
1: not the um that's the extension they added that reminds you when you've got your prime sub to use. That's a t- they, they put that in last week. They added it to Twitch. <laughs> that's very weird. If you want it to go away, it's nice and easy. You just use your Twitch Prime sub ah, for the month. Ah, there we go. Arf. Ooh, I Barf. already
3: subbed to you, TB. Indeed. Uh, here's, you gotta here's, sub to, so somebody, else. to. Uh, sub to somebody else. Ah, that's the scorpion button.
4: When you press that button, it drops scorpions into Dodger's office. <laughs> <laughs> no! Yeah, we probably
1: should have mentioned that.
4: <laughs> yeah, sorry. We had that installed last week. We thought we told you.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, it's it, it's such you know this isn't even a debate. Yeah. You know I don't think th- there's no side that you look at that's like oh yes I see your point. Clearly there should be some room to maneuver when it comes to the use of the N word in this video game. No, yeah. I don't think so. And uh, no, I don't think people should have to deal with it. It's like oh you go mute button. What if I didn't have to? do anything what if i could just play a game and not have that happen that'd be pretty cool mm. thankfully that that's what happens most of the time which is which is nice
3: it's true it's rare that you have to deal with that stuff but still
1: yeah say no to heated, heated moments. To gaming gaming <laughs> heated gaming moments yes yeah
4: i mean and honestly my my last final thought on the situation is i don't even think that it should be one of those things where they say, we want a safe, comfortable gaming environment. I think they should just push the the message of, we want a normal environment. Yeah. Just a normal, socially acceptable environment where people are normal and don't do things that are bigoted and heinous. Like, that's, I think, what we should just push. Because- I'll and like not to not to call out what you said, dukes, but like I, I, I like whatever. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> that like I think the message that they should push is we just want a regular environment. Like we're
1: not even looking for yeah, like no a assholes. safe,
4: comfortable environment. It's just a regular, socially acceptable environment that you'd experience in your normal. Yeah, yeah because book. that
1: implies that that's somehow exceptional.
4: It's yeah, like, no, that's, exactly. not a,
1: that's not exceptional. That's yeah. that's how let's be honest. If that is happening to you all the time in real life.
4: Yeah. Well, one,
1: <laughs> then... I would suggest you're probably <laughs> black. And yeah. secondly, Jesus Christ, I feel sorry for you. That's yeah. a really shitty environment you must be in, but that's not yeah. normal and it shouldn't be normal.
0: Mm.
1: And it doesn't have to be normal online because it's so fucking easy. You know, getting rid of people in real life is a little bit trickier. Mm-hmm. You know, banning someone from Whoa, a game lobby. Whoa, that's dark. And costly. And <laughs> yeah. potentially Woo! costly. I don't have
4: enough Bitcoin for that. I'm sorry. Indeed. <laughs> got
1: a little bit of Ethereum. It should be all right. Yeah. The, okay, uh,
2: okay. The, the 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 reason why I think the wording of it is important, and the reason why I think this is going to be something that we'll not hear the end of for a while, is because it's based off of, like, Octo saying, societal norms and how in society you don't go out to, like, and do shitty stuff like that to people. But mm. the flip side, of course, devil's advocate, is, like, the societal norm of online culture is this. And that's not real culture. So immediately you're like, "Oh fuck, here we oh, go." So this cry. is yeah,
4: yeah, You're right. You it are might right. be
2: as simple as being like, "Look, maybe it has to be a safe space. Maybe that like, ha- who knows? What's but wrong maybe, with that?" That's fair. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, the,
1: I'm, I'm, there, not, to, I'm not... there to play video games. Like you know, right, you know, not not yeah. debate the historical use of the N word or whatever. It's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm there to shoot some dudes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sucks. So let's buddy. maybe do that.
2: Yeah. I feel like Octo's right in what it should be yeah but the I, reality I, is that you're getting the backlash of like yeah well gaming culture has always been this way which sure. is like oh for fuck's sake okay I,
1: if, I might if just... that was true then gaming culture is a fucking dumpster fire but i don't believe yeah. that's true in the slightest. <laughs> Throw it out <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that's true in the slightest i don't know yeah um i i might be just being
4: a little too pragmatic in that it's just you know I'm, you're
1: hopeful I'm, you're an optimist
4: yeah yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm I'm a pragmatic optimist. I'm basically just like, hey, let's just hope for like regular old decency. But whatever. <laughs> what the fuck did I'm I It's like, Never you mind. know,
2: we don't have to hold hands, but if we can just nod at each other. Yeah, like,
4: that's what I want. That's <laughs> what I want. I just want to be like, hey, cool. This is a fun video game, right? And I yeah. don't want to, you know,
2: have- yeah, the people. whole the whole like, I don't I mean you no harm, yeah. and I acknowledge your presence, nod that yes. everyone going into an elevator does like, yeah. It's, it's hail from EverQuest. You're just pressing H. You just hail. Sure. That's all That's all you want. I acknowledge yeah. you. We will not attack each other. Continue with your day, good friend. Exactly. That's, that's
4: all you want in life. That's all I want. That's what I want.
3: I was trying to figure out how to combine your name and the word optimist and what my brain came up optimist? with. Optimist? Octomist.
4: Optimist. Yeah. Which optimist.
3: I think means you should uh, put out a line of cologne. Octomist,
1: ooh. ooh, I like it. I like it. I would it. not trust you to spray your octomist in my face. Thank you. Listen, let's just sit here.
4: I'll spray it, and you can walk through it if you want. That's how Lovely. I. Lovely. Yeah, pheromones, excellent.
3: Yeah, that's how. I think that's how everybody should. That's how everyone should do should it.
1: communicate in pheromones. What? No, no way. No. T- everyone
3: should communicate. Everyone should scent mark
4: each other like dogs. What right. would what would the toxicity of online smell like in pheromones? <laughs>
1: Depends on the game. That's true. That's true. Sandalwood, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Sandalwood? Sandalwood. All right. Okay. That's fair. Man, what what else? There's not really been much on the news front outside of the whole, oh, video games are responsible for mass murder thing again, which isn't even worth addressing. Throw it out. Throw it out. Not even worth talking about. We talked about this shit in the 90s. This is fucking done in the minds of any sane person. Unfortunately, we have a few people that aren't. So they will have to be dealt and with. And they
3: run our country! <laughs> oh, anyway, no. what's the next topic?
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I've... I got nothing, though, honestly. Uh, other than interesting little announcement that Far Cry 5 is getting what it's called... It's calling the arcade. And it's getting a massive, great, stonking map editor, which, of course, Far Cry has had in the past. Crisis had, and was a pretty big deal back then, and being able to creatively make your own stuff, including assets from other games, which also include Watch Dogs, apparently. They're going to include assets from different games in there, possibly even Assassin's Creed. What? So you'll be able to possibly make some really crazy stuff with this thing. There's a pretty great video that they put out online, they call it Infinite Gameplay and a Creative Map Editor as to whether or not this is going to be console compatible or just PC. I kind of hope just PC because we saw what happened with uh, Doom when its map editor and the limitations of console meant that, you know, that couldn't really reach its potential. But hey, yeah. there's some crazy looking stuff that they're showing with this, you know, different game modes, being able to design your own maps. And again, including assets from different different games. It's not just from Far Cry 5. That's a neat idea. I'd love yeah, to I'd see say it so.
4: Implemented. That's pretty cool.
1: Yep. I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with that. There's, uh, I know a lot of people are already saying, please, for the love of God, put in the Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon assets so that we can have oh, yeah. Blood Dragons running around everywhere. Yeah. And do crazy stuff like that. Huh.
4: Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I want to see how they would do it on console.
1: Well, I mean, you could you could do uh, the way Bethesda's doing Far Cry and uh, no, I'm uh, sorry Fallout Four mods, maybe curated that way. I don't know about sure. using the editor though. Uh, yeah, like I'm looking at the editor and it seems like it's got these bars, very similar to the way that um the Doom editor had. So it's uh-huh. kind of limited, and mm-hmm. they they were using a controller to use the editor there. But I don't know mm-hmm. if that means anything. You know, it could still be running on a PC, but. I just hope they can make some really cool stuff with this. You know, this Far Cry has not been really on my radar as something that I care about this year. It's like, oh, great, another Far Cry game. You know, you've pretty much played them all at this point. But this editor, I'm a bit more intrigued, to say the least, mm-hmm. when I'm seeing this is going on.
4: Um, I feel like Far Cry is slowly slipping into that, like, Assassin's Creed area for me, where I'm just I, like, it's already oh, there. That's, Too many. Yeah, it's just like, oh, another one. Wait, how long was it since the last one? Oh, like a year. I mean, it's and actually some been change. a while,
1: unless you account Primal, which which I do. Yeah, it's a Far Cry uh, game. It is. It is a Far Cry game. It's weird when we think about it because we ignore Primal and it's just Far Cry three and four, which were very similar to each other.
4: Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I don't know. It's just like. I mean, maybe it isn't such a bad as of an offender as as Assassin's Creed is. No, I
1: think well. it dragged on. That dragged on a lot longer, but I definitely felt the fatigue with Far yeah. Cry. I was feeling yeah. it with four. Primal, I just thought was barely even a Far Cry game. But four, I was already feeling that fatigue of like this is very similar to what I was doing in three, and that was good. But I want to see more than this, and I want to see change up some of this really terrible stuff, like. Mm-hmm. All of this pelt collection for fucking bags is really starting to piss me off. Yeah. But we'll see. Five is becoming more interesting with the addition of this stuff, so I'm intrigued to see what they can do with that. I think that's about it for news, unless any of you have anything that you'd like to mention.
3: Um, I learned I learned a cool bit of trivia about civilization.
1: Okay. The, the other day. game, or like yeah. just the, the thing do.
3: about civilization. The concept of
1: just life in general.
3: Yeah. Um. So, uh, I had no idea. So Sid and his and his friend Bruce were like, "Yo, let's make a a board game." And they made Civilization, the board game. And then, and Sid Meier was like, "I really want to turn this into video games." His friend Bruce was bruce shelley who went on to make age of empires
1: oh it's the what a bunch of fucking nerds
3: we were looking it up the other day and i was like what the fuck (laughs) like sid Myers and bruce shelley they they originally worked on civilization together and then bruce was like i got other plants bitches
4: they're two of the
3: made age of empires
4: Two of the best games in their genres, respectively, I think. I think Age of Empires is a fantastic RTS game, and I think Civ is a great turn-based strategy game.
1: I haven't got around to playing the remake of Age of Empires that just came out last week, week before, I think. <laughs> Wait, they remade Age of Empires? Is yeah, just, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about Jesse. I don't know where Jesse's going, <laughs> Or what his plan is, but yeah, they they did a remake of it a couple of weeks ago. Released it on the Windows Store, which is probably why you don't know about it.
4: Windows Store, no. Yes, yeah, well, on the guess Windows I'm not playing Store.
1: that game. Uh, they redid everything, like the animations. Instead of having like eight states of movement, you got thirty-two now. You know, it's they redid all the uh, voice acting and everything. It's Rogan. It's just a lot nicer by the looks of it. Yeah, let me see. All right, well, I'm gonna look this up. Age of Empires. So I'm intrigued to see if it still holds up.
4: Is this definitive edition? Yeah, it must be.
1: I nice. think that's what it's called. Yes.
4: Oh, wow. Holy it's a lot crap. Shinier.
1: Yeah, it's a lot shinier than it was.
4: Yes, it is. Man, I would love for them to give Age of Mythology this treatment. That is probably mm. one of my favorite games of all time. I
1: well, that, I didn't I mean, they did release Age of Mythology on Steam as an upgraded version. I, they, didn't, they didn't go that far with it.
4: No, they didn't do much to it.
1: Yeah, they polished it up a little bit. That was about it, but...
4: Yeah, but I'd love for them to do a full-on thing like this to it.
1: Yeah, it's still okay. a bit strange that they've even done this in the first place, considering it's the first one. Yeah. I don't know why they decided to do that, but they but not did.
4: Not 2, because 2 is, like, better in every conceivable way. Well,
1: again, you know, the two they they probably argue, well, we've already done Age of Empires 2 HD, even though it's by no means that crazy. Oh well. Oh, wow. I well I'd like to start releases but I don't know where Jesse went.
3: I don't know where he went either.
1: He vanished.
3: I'll be look or one of one of us will be Jesse when his come up and we'll try to guess why he uh, chose that game. We uh, can do
4: that. Yes. Quick 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 little tail into this Age of, If you guys have played Age of Empires but haven't played Age of Mythology, go play Age of Mythology. It's so good. Um wow, actually this they did do a re-release of it, and it got really good reviews. Okay, I'm actually buying this right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't change it massively, but, mm-hmm. but it didn't need as much as the first one did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow, all right. Well, then he's gone. I don't know where. Let's just get into releases, I suppose. Go
3: for it. Yeah.
1: It's not like we have much of a choice in the matter because he's bagged off. <laughs> the first one's yours, right? Uh, Yeah, it actually is. I remember hearing about this a while ago, but then it basically disappearing from everybody's radars. And it has just popped up today. It's pretty much out of nowhere. And it's called Way of the Passive Fist. It's a unique and colorful arcade brawler where you use parry, dash, and dodge to outwit and outlast your opponents. Basically, you fight by not fighting
3: okay interesting
1: yep it's a be new like kind of like tactical that. fighting in the licensed arcade brawler of the 90s cartoon that you wish existed so it claims that kind of looks great for a wide variety of different reasons so mm-hmm. i'm gonna try that one out today that is out as of now nice cool. way of the passive fist way of the passive fist a Museum um, of Dubious Splendors is... Museum of
3: Dubious Splendors. It looks like it's a... Uh, from what I can tell, it's a walking simulator, but you're walking through a lot of fucking weird shit.
1: Of Dubious Splendors, it would say. Yeah,
3: you're walking through a Museum of Dubious Splendors, if you will. If you will. Mm. Um. Jesse actually brought this <laughs> one up to us, and we looked at it, and I was like, wait, is no one grabbing this? Because this game looks fucking weird.
1: Yep. I um, want to
3: know if anything happens in it that's all oh, the screenshots look so goddamn weird, does anything It happen is just in you walking
1: through a museum for what I could tell.
3: but it says it's listed as an adventure. I disagree
1: <laughs> you know, this is this what one happened? right here is also listed as an adventure. You picked Bacon Man an adventure for some I, reason
3: I did. yo, this game. Looks like it has potential
4: to me. Also, <laughs> I'm buying way of the passive fist. This is really good. Do it.
3: I, um, I I
1: just realized the pun on passive fist. Passive fist. Aye. Oh.
4: Yeah.
1: But good. this whole Bacon That's Man good. thing actually does look a lot better than I expected. I thought it was, was going to be junk, but it actually does not look like junk at all.
3: Right? It looks like there's potential there. It's it's just a, an action platformer game where you play. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it's just got an absolutely awful trailer, which is not really helping it. Yeah.
4: Hey, I mean, Kung Pao Under the Fist had an awful trailer, and that movie's great.
1: I had a feeling that was on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. Not not so convinced about this one. Uh, The digital edition of Scythe is coming out, which is a pretty fucking awesome board game, so I'm intrigued to see where that one goes. Hopefully Mm -hmm. get a chance to try that at some point. It won five billion different board game awards a couple of years ago, so... What's it called? Scythe. Scythe. Yes, so... That will be interesting to see if that's a good digital version. We've had about half and half when it comes to board games. Some of them are great implementations, like Race for the Galaxy, and some are really bad, like Colt Express. So, yeah, it's a bit of a hit and miss. Now, this this was something that Jesse picked, but since he has completely vanished...
3: Octo, do you want to be Jesse?
1: Uh, on the yeah. the game and
3: see if you can tell why he picked it.
1: Which
4: game is it?
3: Uh, Fear effect Sedna. Fear effect day. Senda is.
4: Uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, kind of, yeah, hang on, I gotta put my I gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta put my birthday in here. Hang on, hang on a second. Uh, just a minute here. I. Okay. Fear Effect: a thrilling action and stealth gameplay enhanced by the Fear system, an exciting story, and ultra-stylish cutscenes. Harness your team's dynamic abilities, tackle the enemies and puzzles like never before. Um. Oh, this looks like Archer. Um.
1: <laughs> that is an interesting comparison. Maybe I really didn't maybe quite that's see that. A,
3: a tick in its fear, positive direction. Um, uh, fear
1: Effect was an old game, and I don't remember much about it, but apparently. It looks like it's a tactics game, from what I can tell. It looks like Syndicate a little bit. Yeah, I've got that Doesn't vibe. It? Yeah, yeah it does. Def-
4: I think I the, think more so the 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 uh, aesthetic of it reminds me of Syndicate a lot.
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean the gameplay as well. But yeah, like yeah, it. that
4: too. Yeah, definitely. So, I think the two combined definitely. Yeah, it's
1: makes weird. It. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if there's anything like the original. <laughs> I, I if I recall the original, and that was a long fucking time ago. I don't even know if it's on Steam. Um, no, it's not. Um, that that cartoon, like graphic novel art style was definitely uh-huh. part of it. But I can't remember anything else about Fear Effect as a game. So hmm. I don't know, but this one looks kind of cool. So we'll see how it nice. goes. Of course, big release today is the Windows version of Final Fantasy 15, which has huh. pretty much everything with it. Um, hmm. There are some complaints about its use of De novo DRM. Uh, some people are claiming it's got performance issues as a result. Uh, that tends to happen every time anything releases with this as to how widespread that is hard to say Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of fud surrounding that particular system as well
4: uh running at 62 i think yes yeah it's above 30
1: yeah apparently it's uh for what i've read of initial impressions the performance is pretty good yep so cool that's something that was not the case with the console, <coughs> so this is probably a great place to play this game. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard mouse and keyboard, probably not the best way to do it, which, to be fair with a third-person action game, is not unexpected. Mm-hmm. So just be prepared for that. Outside of that, there is a Scribble Scribblenauts game coming out on Switch. What? Today. Wait, yeah. how did I they never hear about this? Scribble Scribblenauts Showdown is apparently coming out on Switch and PS4. Huh. Which is a bit surprising. Interesting, Squirrel Not mm. Showdown. Yep, and also North is coming to Switch and PS4 as well, and also PC, which I've heard is pretty cool. All right, moving on to March the seventh. My game. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: Blake and Mortimer: The Curse of the Thirty Denarii. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a little point and click adventure game. Looks right up my alley.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Blake and Mortar, they're trying to protect an artifact with puzzles
4: oh man, this looks like some Johnny Quest style stuff,
1: right? I was gonna say, it the... looks exactly like, um, Tintin Tintin, Tintin, that's this what I'm thinking It's very Tintin, of, yeah. Yeah. yeah to the point where I'm kind of suspicious that they nicked it <laughs>
4: A little bit, almost, yeah. That's like, really, especially, really similar. This screen where he's on the boat, especially—that's like yeah. a pose that—that's like Tintin's idle pose. Oh, yeah. Where he's kind of got really, his head really forward is, like that. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Welcome back. Hi. Sorry, I was not feeling very well. I'm back though. That's Fair okay. Enough.
1: The next game, also a Dodger original.
3: Uh, Chuchel.
1: Excuse me. From the creators of Macinarium. Okay. Yeah, which I love. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. I love that game. I'm interested now.
3: Um, So, yeah, the art style is fucking bizarre. Yes. And I'm wondering how, because they make, you know, they make like really smart puzzle point and clicks. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how, how is this art style? Because every screen looks so simple. Yeah, it so does. I'm like, how are they going to make it so that?
2: Oh, I played this game Zulibane. at uh, so, a packs, I think.
3: How was it?
2: Super cute. Super
3: cute. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, that, that looks pretty great. And, like I said, the, the guy's so fucking expressive in every scene. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanata's design's always been really, really great. This is, mm-hmm. this is cute. Oh, no. Who
4: picked Senran Kagura?
1: Who the fuck do you think? Hi,
2: everyone. Hi, my name's Jesse Cox. Look, Senran Kagura Peach Splash is coming to PC. How was my how is my Jesse impression was it close? It was very good. Thank you. So, here's the deal. Um I don't give a shit whether you like this or not, but I need people to buy it so I can get all the achievements for my PlayStation account. Uh it's going to be the first thing I ever platinum. So I need there's competitive online multiplayer and I need people to play it. No one is playing it currently. Wait, for is reasons- this
4: Is this a big titty waifu water gun fight?
1: It is. It is. All right, <laughs> hold on. Ahead, um, it's anime waifu Splatoon, so, basically. Pretty <coughs> much, pretty much. That's exactly
2: what it is. And uh, when you knock someone out, you have a chance to run over to them and squirt them down with a with water and like blow off their bikini top. All I'm saying is, I need people to play online so I can get the achievements. It's my <laughs> first game ever platinum. I need this to happen. Do it for me, internet. God, Do it for me. Do first, it for let's your boy Jesse. Out, let's find out. There's cross compatibility first. But then do it for me is what I'm saying. Somehow I have a feeling they will not be. All I'm saying is that's that's why that's why I need that's why I selected. It. I need this. I need this.
1: Moving on, March the eighth. Ooh, Vermintide. Yep, Vermintide. Hell two. yeah, Warhammer yes. Vermintide two. All right, still Coming going out. around to playing the beta. I did. Me- I mean to do that. The closed beta is open right now, I believe, for Vermintide People two. Have had
3: a lot of fun with the beta.
1: Yeah, I oh, I, just I, have, never I haven't touched to it. it,
3: but I've watched Sam play it a lot, yeah. and it looks really fun.
1: Well, the first game was really good. I'm interested to see how they've done loot this time around, because that, that seems like the primary concern of most people when they played the previous one. For some inexplicable reason, it will not go off of Senrin Kugura. I don't know why. I am yeah. trying my best to make it go to a different game. There we go. Lovely. <laughs> That seemed like that was the primary complaint of a lot of people that loot was a pain in the arse to get. It was too randomized. (coughs) Which it was. Yeah, which is true. They (laughs) they made several attempts to change that. This time around, you've got some Chaos enemies in there as well. I did play a very early version of this, and it's like it just felt like a more polished version of the first one with a larger enemy variety, which is what you would expect from a kind of Left 4 Dead-style game. And they've stuck with the same five characters, but they've given them each three very different career paths which completely changes the way that they fight and the skills they have access to and things like that. So, Hmm. yep, I hope that this does really, really well because the first game was really good and they put out a lot of support for that, a lot of free DLC as well as map packs. And I can't wait to set shit on fire again. Yeah, and I can't wait for Vermintide 3 Peach Beach Splash. Yes, the, the yeah, anime waifu great. version is coming really quite excited. Soon. Yeah, can
2: I, I just point out for the record? Yeah, in Peach Bleak Splash, uh-huh. they have a thing that is a YouTube fake clone where they broadcast on. They have a thing where they keep calling it PBS, so I always put a PBS <laughs> logo in the top God, corner. Uh-huh, right. it's one of the best games ever, and the plot is just about girls like trying to find themselves. And uh, going off to college together. That's literally it. I'm not mm-hmm. joking. Uh, they're all ninjas. It's the best game ever made. Nice. No one, I like it. it. Moving on. Top.
1: I'm a ninja too. Moving on to another Dodger pick. Silenced yes. the house.
3: Silenced the house. It's like a sepia-toned horror game. Um, oh, I saw play, that.
1: Yeah.
3: You play a girl named Ashley who winds up in a house, and you have to complete a ritual to get the ghost to go away or you die. Um I like for some reason I really like the sepia tone combined with every now and then there's blood, (laughs) just like man that that looks really spoopy to me. So it works for me.
1: There is uh, one other thing I actually noticed that's coming out on March the eighth, which is a Switch version of Steridon. It's called Steridon Binary Stars. Steridon. it's another roguelite. It's a roguelite side scrolling oh. space shooter. It was on PC okay. and it was pretty good on PC. Looks like there's a Switch version of it that has more content. It'll probably be pretty good on Switch too. So I might pick that up. Give Sick. me a. I, I liked it when I played it on PC, but there's another game that's like, hey, portably, I'm more likely to play that. Mm. Moving on to March the 9th.
3: Another me game.
1: Indeed. What is this?
3: It's called Tardy. And you might think that it has to do with school, but it doesn't. It does not. It's a a puzzle game where uh, you're a dude who has to, like, fiddle around with machinery and stuff in order to complete your adventure. Interesting. Um, I really like the color palette on it. I like the look of it a lot. Um. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Sounds it looks cool. uh, like kind of old-school 90s, yeah. early 90s PC game. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Darwin Project, Jesse?
2: Yeah, uh, Darwin Project is the game I keep dismissing and then keep seeing at events, and I'm like, this looks fucking dope every time, every single time. It's just a battle royale. It's it's one of those things where you think, okay, I've seen it a million times, but it has the feature of a director a guy it's done in the style of like yeah an actual uh, hunger games kind of situation where you can influence the map and the match and i think that's really really cool, cool. um I, I, every time i see it i have always dismissed it but every time i see it i'm a little blown away so uh, it's definitely one to look out for if you're into the the br world
1: yeah it's a weird one because they marketed it in such a way that you know it was very streamer heavy so it's like well it, it, is this going to be any good for your regular player, or is this going to constantly be benefiting streamers or something like this? You know, there's a, this show director thing does let you fuck people over, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a possibility that if you were playing on stream, your show director is going to do that to you, or you know, do the other thing. That I think that that's been the most contentious part of this game, this show director thing being so potentially unfair is something that a lot of people have complained about but simultaneously that seems like one of the most original parts of this game right so it would be a shame me, if they I'm were interested. to yeah. ruin that by taking that away yeah it's it's but a it very, looks... it's a very odd one i need to just sit down and spend some time with it and get get a feel for it because you're right i just missed it when i initially saw it at e3 or whatever when they had the silly shoutcast announcement thing where they showed it for about five seconds and that was it but i've heard a lot of good things about it since
2: yeah i watched it i more than anything else i watched it at pack south and was just like this is actually kind of fucking really entertaining so Mm. yeah and i think because the e3 announcement was really lame that people were like oof okay and now that uh i actually see it in action i'm kind of i'm kind of impressed
1: yeah it looks like there's a lot of originality in this. It's not a clone by any stretch. You know, it's a, it's a, it is a very small battle royale actually. It's like uh, it's only about ten people or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's crafting involved in it. Crazy shit. Uh, you've got cooldown-based abilities and stuff like that. It's very different. Like it is a battle royale in the sense of the book and in the sense of like the Hunger Games. It's not like some giant 100-person clusterfuck. Right. There's some right. interesting stuff in it. Yeah, so I'm intrigued. I'm going to look at it when it comes out. I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on with that. Oh
2: yeah, this is uh, just a. It's, it's the early access version. Is yeah, this on- is the
1: early access. And we got really nothing on March the tenth, unless you're a big fan of mahjong. And March the eleventh, Battle for the Mountain Throne. I just looked at this. It seems interesting.
3: Uh yeah, I I think I've said a couple of times that. Uh, I would really love for there to be actual it's adventure funny. games in VR. I, uh, this,
1: this might he not just, be it, but... He just knocks his goblin right <coughs> off the fucking cliff. And my, it's so funny.
4: my favorite is when the goblin's walking up to him with the spear, and he just has the gun ready to go, and it just like walks right into the barrel and just blows it up.
1: <laughs> what's, what's the name of that uh, Devolver game that's in VR that's like this? Uh, it begins with a G, um Gorn. Gorn. Yeah. I've yeah. heard good I've heard really good things about Gorn when it comes to this kind of thing and doing so, it very well.
4: The thing about Gorn is like it's cute for about maybe 40 minutes. And then you're like, all right, I played the game. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It gets boring that quickly.
4: Yeah, I I wasn't feeling it. maybe it's just me. Like the coolest thing I, I liked about Gorn was that if you get hit in the head, your vision gets all blurry so then you have to like deal with that but like um it and the art style is super inconsistent and i don't like that it's uh it's just strange but like i'm i don't know this looks fun for i mean i'd like to see what else they would do with the actual game itself is what i'm trying to say
1: yeah i think this is going to need a lot of work this is there's a lot of um, virtual games like vr games at the moment that try to do this kind of thing and they're generally not that great mm-hmm so we'll have yeah. to see. I think that's about it. What about Cat's Bar? That's oh pick, yes, March the twelfth would be a Monday, so you can have Cat's Bar, which is. Um,
3: let me read. Let me read the summary. I ch- double checked. It is coming out in English. Okay. <clears throat> People who loves cat maybe need this game. I hope you like. It's a simulation game. You acting as white cat and runs a bar in three months game time. You can make wine and pick materials. Then you can choose to recall the goddess or not.
1: <laughs> I hate this show sometimes.
3: <laughs> I love it. Wait a minute. It's so Hold on. Cute. The Hear me fuck?
1: Out. Parkour
4: simulator. No. Experience breathtaking emotions and master parkour tricks. Become a true master and show your own freestyle. <sighs>
1: <laughs> can we stop Anyways, now
3: you're welcome guys
1: yeah always, oh, thanks for that always appreciated you're
3: welcome you're welcome
1: yeah so yeah big releases this week for PC probably Final Fantasy for most people I'd imagine Fear Effect looks pretty cool Way of the Pacifist I want to check that out I'm very curious as to where that is outside of that Vermintide 2 of course Hopefully, getting a lot of time on on that this week.
2: Jesse, you're
1: all right, buddy. He's he's lost it. He's done. I'm
2: sorry. I because I felt left out. I went on a find weird descriptions in a video game on Steam search as well, and I found one for "What is love?" and the description is "I love you." Three simple words. Were they actually true <coughs> deep down in heart? Maybe. That's it. <laughs> That the description, that sounds
1: amazing. but you can't, you can't summon, um, the, you know, you can't summon the goddess, really? or, you know, not. like Or not. <laughs> yeah, summon the goddess, or not. I would like, to point,
3: goddess,
4: I, I would like <laughs> to point out one last game that comes out on March 12th, which is just called Chupacabra, and it's- I saw it, and I saw the screenshots, and it's first-person horror game, and I thought, oh my god, do you play as the Chupacabra? Chupacabra? But no, you hunt it
2: So, fuck that. Oh, so...
3: that would have been amazing.
2: How yeah. unfortunate. I know. Were they true deep down in heart? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I just love
1: that that's the conceit of... Maybe. Who knows? Dear God. <laughs> Fuck me. Steam, full of quality products since 1998. Okay. Uh, that's good shit. We're about done, I think. Dodger, what you got going on this week?
3: Um, I'm finally back. I'm done traveling. In fact, I can't travel ever again until this monster's out of my body. Yeah, so... I was going to say, you
1: should probably stop that now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I... I, yeah. I, I... I can't leave home anymore. Oh, no, I'm so sad. Um, So, yeah, uh, back to normal streams, maybe doing some extra stuff. Uh, I was just on an episode of Always Open on the Rooster Teeth YouTube channel if you would like to watch that. Um, And, uh, yeah, I have a coffee company. You can find it at dodgercoffeeco.com. And otherwise, just come hang out for streams. That would be amazing.
1: There you go. Octbump,
4: what are you up to... Hey, uh, my name is Octo. I've been streaming Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, which is surprisingly good. Um, I've been... K- listen, it's a, it's a Digimon it. Dungeon Crawling... G- listen <laughs> to me! It's a Dungeon Crawling game. I was going to say, you
1: skipped out on this earlier because you didn't think it was worth our time, and now you're trying to go to bat well, for it? I it, it wasn't super relevant to the discussion at the time. But, right. But... Um, it's a game by
4: the people that made Shimigami Tensei Devil Summoner, so it's by the, some of the people who worked on the Shimigami Tensei series, and it's super, super good. And um, so I've been playing that, and I'm going to play the next one, Hacker's Memory. Uh, and I've also been playing Neo and Dragon Ball Fighters a lot of a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters. So come watch me uh, kill
2: some Gokus. It'll be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. Jesse, what's coming up on the channel this week?
2: Yo, uh, more fun times. There's a new Scary Game Squad going up tonight. We play a game that uh, is genuinely like one of the scariest we played in a long time. So it's actually a scary game. And uh, we on the stream. I mean, I'm going to try Crossing Souls tomorrow again. I love that game. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with it so far. Yeah, I need
1: to give that a shot. It, it looks super cool. pretty great.
2: Yeah. And uh, then I'm off to EGLX in Toronto, Canada for the rest of the week. So I'll see you there, my my. Canadian friends bring me timbits and hockey references and syrup and maple candy. <gasps> and maple candy. Oh stuff. yeah, and bring me like a like an iced I'm trying to think of what that is. One of your one of your like where it's iced but it's also maple syrup.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: On oh. A stick. Oh. Bring me that Frozen shit, maple man. Syrup? I'm ready. I love Canada. I've been to Toronto in 15 years. This is I have nine, actually, weirdly enough. I love Toronto. It's one of China my favorite cities in the world. It's so good.
3: I've never been. It's, nice. it's beautiful. I, but I was, can't go right now because there's it. a monster in my body. Yes, so. I
1: wouldn't recommend that. But yeah. poutine is fantastic, so I oh give them God. all the credit in the world for that. They Ooh. understand the benefits of chips and gravy, and that is a country that I can trust. Yes.
2: Oh, and Dodger and I will play the new Life is Strange when I get back, so don't worry, chat.
1: Uh, go go to Smokes Poutineery if you can,
4: Jesse. Smokes
2: Poutine-ery. Poutineery. Go find it, it's a place. Sounds poutine. so dirty. It's
4: it's, it's the best uh, like chain poutine that you can get, and it's really good.
2: I just I don't want like a chain. I want like an old. An you. Old, it's good. It's lit- trust
1: me. It's good. Well, you have I, the chain experience, and then you have that experience. You I guess you're right. That look, order. look,
2: Octo could be right. Uh, I remember when Dodge and I went to Poland, and the only progees we enjoyed were the ones that people were like. That's like the Taco Bell of Poland.
1: So like, yeah, we went to a, uh, was it a, it was a, a, great. a Danish yeah, it restaurant great. in Sweden? And they're like, what you you going there for? And it's like, it's fucking awesome. These guys have incredible pepper steak. Don't get me started. A Jensen's Boff House is the name of it. Yeah, that's yeah, the name of it. I'll, I'll tell you, Max Burger's good as well. I'll I'll concede to Max Burger. That's fair. All I'm saying is the minute I land, the minute I land Toronto, I'm going to Tim Hortons. It's
2: fucking happening. It's fucking happening. Timmy Hoes? I love Tim Hortons. I just hope they ruined
1: that. They did something horrible to it. They <laughs> can't. It didn't happen. I don't believe you. Fake, fake news. Fake news. Sorry, very old kid.
4: Thanks for watching, everybody. Woo! Yeah, we're pretty much done. Thank you very
1: much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, big thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash Co-Optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. And Keep an eye on the Total Biscuit Shop for a new T-shirt being released this week. Of course, if you are oh a subscriber... God you will get 10% off everything in the store. So bear that in mind. I'll send out the codes over the next couple of days. If you happen to pick up the subscription, of course, congratulations to those of you that have very strange-looking hats. I think the best one we saw was 80 months today. I don't think we saw higher than that, so... 80 months? 80 months. Yeah, we have an 80-month hat. Ah, that's like... That's a a lot of months. Yeah, I'm not willing to do the basic divide by 12 arithmetic in my head at this point. I'm not willing to do that.
2: If you lose your 80-month sub, do you just stop subbing ever again?
1: I think you never (laughs) sub again at that point. Yeah, that's. (laughs) I'm done. I can't do this. At least you (laughs) email them and ask for it back. And if they don't give it to you, then yeah, you just, that's it. (laughs) That's it, that's all. Yeah, Yeah, because what's the point of even being subbed if you can't ride around like that?
0: Mhm.
1: fair there's no point there's none whatsoever we're done thank you very much for watching the co Podcast also a specialist in no point big thanks to Octopimp and to Jesse and Dodger for showing up today we'll see you the same time next week 3pm Eastern indeed <laughs> 12 they're, they're not even going anywhere they're just going to be sitting here the rest of the week just waving at you
3: yep 12
1: p.m. on the Pacific West Coast. There's probably daylight savings time coming, isn't there? Which is going to ruin everything. Yeah, I heard rumors Uh... of that. Yeah, it probably will. But we'll be on at some point. And if you miss anything, we're on youtube.com slash cynicalbrit anyway. So you can find it. Not a problem. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.